Traveling the Vortex. As he travels the vortex and landed episode number 199. I'm Keith. Don't mind that, I'm just waving hello. I'm Sean. And I'm Glenn. Hi, guys. <laughs> How are you? Good, I'm dodging fireballs. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> you get the gag now? I get the gag now. <laughs> How were you guys this week? We should let Sean go last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the longest week. Or maybe we should have him go first, and then we just wrap it up. <laughs> I watched Pitch Black this week. Had you not seen that I had one? not seen that. Really? I had not seen that yet. And? I loved it. Oh, my gosh. What a quaint movie. I mean, it's it's cool. It's shot well. It's Visually, it's, it's just awesome because um, the planet, with using the different hues of color before nightfall finally falls was really, really stunning and really good. And one of the things that bothered me at first, just because I'm an editor, um, or do editing, is it's so many quick edits and jump cuts that it was almost a little unsettling at first. And then when I realized that was the purpose, was to make you un- just unsettled the whole time, it worked. It worked so well. Um, I've never been a huge Vin Diesel fan. Loved him in this. I thought Riddick was a wonderfully realized character. Very, very dark and mysterious and just you didn't know what was going to happen next. The cast of this thing was just spot on. The, the dialogue in it is so quick and just it's paced really, really well. And the story is great. Um, it's like it's it's like a sci-fi horror movie is what it is. And it's uh, it just I really, really enjoyed it. And it'd been, it just... It's it's been on my radar for years. In fact, you saw it years ago and, and were telling me about it. This is back when you were living, when you were still married to Carrie. I think or maybe it was Nicole. Did, did you borrow that one? No, I didn't borrow that from you. No, actually, I was. We were talking about it at work, and Robert brought uh, his DVD of that and Chronicles of Riddick because he was asking me because he was about to pick up Riddick on Blu-ray, and he was asking me if I had seen those, and I said no, I hadn't seen him yet. I said, oh, I'll bring him in for you. So I've been sitting on them for weeks, which is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of your thing. But they were there staring at me, and I had some time one night. I thought, oh, I'll watch. I'm going to go ahead and watch that and see what it's like. Man, I was, I just, I had a blast with it. Now, he had brought me the DVDs. And so I watched Pitch Black on DVD, and but then I returned it to him. But when I had looked at Chronicles of Riddick, I noticed it was full frame, and I went, oh. <laughs> I said, I have to watch this in full frame, don't I? And he goes, oh, wait a minute. He said, well, you've had them long enough. I've probably replaced them on Blu-ray by now. So he said, don't watch Chronicles yet until I see. And so he... On Tuesday or Wednesday, he brought uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Actually, he, he had bought the two disc Blu ray, which, uh, if I'd have known sooner, I could have watched Pitch Black on Blu ray as well. But he bought the combo for that, and then he bought Riddick separately. And so he brought back that, and which the cool thing about the combo pack is it also has Dark Fury, which oh, is nice. the animated one. That was what I was about to ask. So, I popped, so on Wednesday, I watched Chronicles of Riddick, which is a completely different tone of film completely different tone and as i started watching it it almost felt a little too big and grand and because pitch black it's so like you know um compact it's just it's just yeah it's a small film a small cast there's not a lot of there's not a lot of special effects the cgi is mid mid to 
low upper grade as far as the the cre- creatures. They were wonderfully realized creatures. I loved the the creatures on the planet, but it, the blemishes kind of show, and I could tell that was just money thing. It went, and it was fine. It didn't ruin. Didn't take me out of the story at all. When Chronicles of Riddick starts, they clearly got a larger budget for this thing, so it looks grand. And I thought, Ugh, this is I don't know. This isn't this isn't what I felt in the first one. By the end of Chronicles of Riddick, I was I just totally enjoyed the ride. <laughs> it was it told a much different story, but staying true to the Riddick character. I mean, the, 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 he he plays Riddick just as well as he did in the first movie. Um, much different story. It's not as good as Pitch Black, but it's it is a it's fine follow up. Yeah. It is it is is it's a lot of fun. And the neat thing about that is is they they like I say it's a completely different tone. And so they they deviate from the style of directing that that happened in this one. I can't remember who the directors were for these, but this one though, I noticed they used a lot of the Dutch angle, and I think Dutch angle is overused a lot, but it was appropriate in this one. It was this was instead of using the the tones of color in film, this used the Dutch angles to set you on on kilter essentially, which is what a Dutch angle needs to do. It needs to kind of disturbs you uh, you know, visually and mentally and puts you just a little off. And it worked. It, it, they did it right in this one. Um, I was a really afraid that they wouldn't continue. Uh, is it Amon? Is the guy that survives. Spoiler. Um, Pitch Black and Jack, who survives. Uh, and Amon shows up and in the film when he goes to New he- or, uh, Hellion, uh, Hellion Prime. And then Jack shows up when he goes to uh, Crematoria. The prison, and I thought, oh, that's so well done because we, they had left those characters. And when we start Chronicles of Riddick, we're like, I'm like, you know, what, well, we're, what happened? We've just got Riddick here by himself, and to find out that he actually went off to that planet to to basically protect Jack, I thought was really cool. Um, and then, you know, I wanted, I was, I think his name's Amon. I think I wanted him to have a little more of a part, but he was used right. He was yeah. used well. Um, and then when he finds Jack, and then. And, and the most stunning thing and the most incredible suspenseful thing is this the centuria the or a crematoria the the planet they're on the the idea that as the sun rises it just torches it's almost the the opposite of pitch black when the sun rises on this planet it completely torches and burns everything and i thought oh how cool and the whole it was just amazingly suspenseful as they're running trying to outrun the sunrise that was so cool um and I really, really liked the. Uh, is it Tombs was the mercenary that brought him there, mm-hmm. and I, I liked the the idea of. I think Tombs survives, all the way to nearly the end. The other thing that was I thought was odd is we were setting up this impending invasion force, uh, basically this cult, and it felt very like we were we were trying to have this grand overarching story. But we are still trying to do this confined thing. And so we start out with this grand story and this invasion force and what's going on here. And then we kind of kind of shrink everything down to a mild, small story again as we're escaping across the planet. But then it kind of come, becomes grand again. So I liked that, uh, that choice in, in storytelling. Um, so that was really, really good. Um, not, again, I think I enjoyed Pitchback better because it was a different type of film. Um, this one felt more like a... Uh, John Carter or a, you know, just those epic. type of yeah epic films, um, but the ending of it was phenomenal. <laughs> it was so <laughs> cool. And when they pull back and they, when when and spoilers here when uh, 
he, you know, when Jack's dying, or she's Elsa now, I think is is what her name is now, uh, or she's changed her name. When they, they pull back, you know, you realize he's there, sitting there with her as she's dying, and then kind of he puts her down, and as everybody kind of turns and realizes where he's at, and the camera pulls back, and you realize that he's sitting on the throne. It was like, oh, <laughs> amazing. And so, but that to me then telegraphed what was going to happen next. And as everybody kneels down and starts to bow to him, I was like, oh, wow. So, wonderful film. I loved it. Um, so then I popped in Dark Fury and I thought, okay, what's going to go on here? And at first, when I first started watching it, it almost picks up, it's, it, it bridges the two films as well. Yeah, it, it does. really does. And um, when. I realized that was what was happening, and this is Jack when she's obviously still very young. Amon still, they're still running from uh, the mercenaries. They're still trying to hide uh, uh, Riddick. I kind of wondered if maybe I should have watched that before I watched Chronicles of Riddick, but then as it played out, it was done. It it was done in such a way that you saw those little nods, like "Aha, this is how we got to here." Aha, this is how we got to here. <laughs> and I thought, okay, this was the perfect way to watch this. And that's kind of a prequel to to Chronicles of Riddick. So um, yeah, and, and the the animation style's good. The story is pretty solid. It's not as good as the two other the previous films, but it's a nice little you know uh, uh, sub story within yeah. this this total you know complete overarching it's, it's story. It's only what it's only twenty. It's thirty minutes. minutes. It's, it's yeah, thirty exactly. seven. I think even uh, it's a little more than thirty. Minutes. But it's got all the voice cast back. It does, it. and then tombs they introduced tombs in that as well, which I thought was cool. Um, and I liked the concept of it. I thought it was a little high-minded, but it, it was it was neat. I mean, it was in in the vein of of everything they've done before. Uh, again, not not as good as the other two, but quite enjoyable. Uh, and then I haven't watched Riddick yet. I'm I'm totally excited to sit down and start and see Riddick now. But I've heard good things about it. So. I liked it. Good. So it's it, all three. Of the actual films directed by the same person, they are directed by the same person, which is funny because and the two films feel so different. I thought, I thought for sure the second film was so. There were two guys that wrote the story, and then the three of them wrote the screenplay. The other two guys dropped off, and it's just been the one guy writing and directing the other ones okay. since then. All right. The thing that I've always admired about the the Riddick movies is their science fiction landscapes. Yeah are done really, really well. It, it's very science-based, science fiction landscapes, and that it's not just enough to have a planet with ten rings in the sky, but they're going to give you a little bit of backstory as to why, and they've kind of worked out the physics of what would happen to this planet if that was in the sky. And, I mean, the, the, the scene that just sent utter chills down my spine in the first film is the when they, they find the model and when she rotates all the planets into a line and you go, oh. Well, it's, it's <laughs> cool know? because they do that well because they show her discover the model first yeah. before she figures out what's going on. And so she, she discovers the model and she kind of sets it up and it's rotating. And it's not until the realization and she almost has to qualify what she's thinking by going back to the model rotating it around and then it, the everything lining up and it was like oh no <laughs> yeah that was that was chilling that was good that was really well done um reminds me honestly a little bit of um oh what's the film enemy mine um the lou gossett jr yeah, dennis, uh, quaid. dennis quaid one just I don't think so, I've seen that one. oh that's a fun one it is. but but some of the landscapes and and mm-hmm. you know harsh planet yep. stuff it, it, it kind of called back to that one i would agree i would agree but just fun movies. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm. Very, I'll loan you my Riddick. 
I've got Riddick. He oh, brought me Riddick, Riddick as well, Riddick. so okay. I've got Riddick uh, laying on my coffee table ready to earn an uh, entertainment center. Ready okay, ready. cool. Ready to fire it up this week. Um, and I watched uh, all the usuals, Gotham, Gotham, Arrow. Arrow was really, really good. Um, Flash, second episode of Flash this week was really, really well done. Um, Big Bang. I didn't watch any other movies other than those two. I don't I thought think. you rewatched Days of Future Past, didn't you? Oh, I did watch Days of Future Post Past. Uh, but was that this week? No, it was this week. It came okay, out so this week I watched that on Tuesday. I must have watched that between. I did. I watched it because uh, I watched Pitch Black on Monday. Days of Future Past on Tuesday. Which oh, yeah, you know, you I had you picked seen it up. That. You watched it before you even came into work. I did. I picked it up and watched it Tuesday morning, and then uh, yeah, because I went to as soon as I dropped Mason off, I went right to Walmart because I knew he was getting it. And uh, yeah, and then uh, Pitch Black on or uh, Chronicles Riddick, I watched on Wednesday or Thursday. So yeah, and mm-hmm. X Men still holds up. It's still such a well crafted film. Yeah, and I and and I, I said this on Facebook, but I, I totally believe this that it is. The per- there's 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 blemishes there's some flaws I mean there's still some logic flaws and some plot holes small tiny ones that are because this movie is so good they're insignificant you can overlook it yeah, yeah. Um, but I still maintain that this is the perfect capstone for the previous films and the perfect middle part of a new trilogy yeah. I mean it, 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 I've never seen a movie of course it's never been done before I don't think but I've never seen a movie work so well as both you yeah. know I just agreed. Yeah, just quite enjoyable. Um, watched some of the extras on it, some of the deleted scenes, and I thought some of the deleted scenes I was... Of course, with this one, the deleted scenes were ones that they didn't even finish, so it was a little hard watching some of the green oh. screen still in the background. Or some some of them, they even did put in some composite behind them over the green screen, but it was real rough composite just to kind of fill it out. Uh, I think there was only... Usually there's one scene that I think, oh, that could have still been in the film. Um they, I think I I don't think any of these scenes that they cut were necessary at all. These in, these deleted scenes include the rogue stuff. They didn't, which I was surprised because I okay. had saw that so rogue was going to be. They a, shot a bunch. of Well, stuff too. she's back in the theatrical cut that they're getting ready to put back in the yeah. theaters, and I bet we get another DVD with yeah, that they'll, one. There'll be an extended so, cut. Yeah. Later, so maybe I'll just wait and pick up the ultimate edition. Some I later when it's struggled with it. I went out Tuesday morning and bought it because Target had an exclusive steel book, and I was like, uh, <laughs> "But I know there's going to be an extended cut later." But then I was like, "No, I'm ready to watch Quicksilver again." So, yeah, well, I'll just take mine back oh, and trade I, it out. I haven't got it yet, so had, had to buy it. <laughs> uh, I got the Walmart one, which had the the the, the Best Buy one I've seen, which is cool because it has Robert picked that. Yeah, one up. schematic cards of the Sentinels and the project it's actually um uh what's the what dinklage's character's name uh trask Trask. trask's uh files on the sentinel system which is really neat i thought the walmart exclusive one was pretty cool except it's it's comic book it's small but it's it's days of future past uh the two the two issue arc uh, of the original days of future past yeah which it was great but before days of future past came out of course, I had read Days of Future Past years ago, back in the 80s. But before it came out, uh, Marvel offered it for sale on their digital downloads. Oh. And so I had bought it on there. <laughs> so I already had a copy of it and read it. Now I've got a hard copy of it. So <laughs> if I decide to go back and read it, I can read it on there. Which is small print because it's, I mean, it's just the size of the DVD yeah. player, or DVD box. So uh, that was it. I didn't watch anything else on Saturday, yesterday. 
uh, took the family to World of Fun. Yeah. So we all went up there. We we first time we've ever done this, and not not for any reason. I mean, we weren't really trying to save money or anything, but we uh, ate before we went to the park because we didn't get to the park till about noon because they open at eleven on Saturdays now. We got to the park at noon, so we ate before we went to the park, and then we made it all the way till like nearly seven o'clock without eating anything in the park because everything's so overpriced. And That's then a good way went, to do it. went and ate right after we left the park, and so saved a ton of money. Again, not on purpose. We just we never got hungry, so we didn't spend hardly any money in the park except for the tickets, which are astronomical. Although Holly gets a discount through work, so oh, nice. we got them about five seven dollars cheaper than we would have if we'd bought them online or on the at the door or at the gate. Hmm. Um, it's all decked out for Halloween. Of course, we went during the day because they do the they do the Halloween uh, special thing for the kids, and there's like crafts and uh, special games and, and and art and stuff like that that you can do with the kids. And then at seven o'clock, they do the Halloween haunt, which they recommend uh, fourteen and older. So we had to make sure we got out of there because yeah. Caitlin would have been all right because they they do a lot of jump scares and. And stuff, and then they've got all these big special, you know, haunted house type style events yeah. that you can do. Which I would love to go sometime and do that, but with kids, I don't want to. I don't want to subject them to that. But we had some uh, really cool uh, park employees uh, help us out because when we were there, we were like, "Well, what's what's all the Halloween stuff?" And we had this really nice lady came by when Holly was looking at the map and said, "Is there something I can help you find?" And Holly said, "Well, I was just trying to figure out what the Halloween stuff." She said, "Well, here's here here here," and she kind of pointed everything out. Really, it was it was very Disney esque because that's how <laughs> Disney cast members are; is they're uh. just super helpful. And every they they must have gone through a revamp because throughout the summer, it's kind of like you know, it's kids sitting there going, "Yeah, when's my shift over?" Everybody we came in contact this time was just man. Maybe it's because they're all excited for the theming that they do because they, it they, changes the it pace. It does. Yeah. It does change the pace. But um, they were all real nice. But when we were in uh, Planet Snoopy, which is the kids' part of the park, for anybody that doesn't know, um, one of the gals said because Holly said, "So when does the scary stuff start?" Because we wanted to get Mason out of here before that. And she said, "Well, it starts at 7. She said, "But if you happen to be here, because she said a lot of kids will still be in Planet Snoopy by the time." Everything gets underway and rolling. She says, if you're still here, when you start to go out of the park, she said, go down, make sure you go through the Americana section and up through the Orient to get back to Europa to get to the uh, to get to the entrance where the where the entrance is at. And she said, and, and when you're going, because there's a lot of jump scares and there's fog and it's dark, they do very dim lighting. Mm. Um, she said, if you've got a flashlight on your phone, just as you're walking into a dark or fog area, just wave your phone flat your uh, flashlight on your phone and they won't jump out and scare you so you can walk through there because then that's a signal to them knowing that there's a young child coming oh. she said because a lot of people will stay and still be in planet snoopy and not get out of there in time and she said so we've devised a system so a that you can get out of here without getting your kids you know more <laughs> terrified and she said it's still a little spooky walking out because you're walking through very dim light but she says as long as you flash that flashlight every once in a while let them know you're coming They'll leave you alone. Won't, won't do any jumps on you. So we managed to get out of there just before seven, before everything. Really, in fact, as we yeah, were walking right out the gates, the lights started dimming and stuff started coming down. And the guy came out on the stage because there's this big stage out at the front. They do this, you know, opening ceremonies presentation and whatnot. Uh-huh. So as we were walking out, that's when all of that kind of started. <laughs> so we had made it out of there in time. Didn't have to employ the uh, special <laughs> kid <Flight> escape. Of- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we go home and, and watch Doctor Who and 
today was just really kind of a, a lazy day. We had to take Mason's uh, costume back because it's a little small. First time, of course. First year, we don't try the costume on before we walk out of the store with it because we thought, okay, this is the size of clothes he's wearing, so this is going to be fine. And then we get it home and try it on him. So tonight we took it back. Got so what's he going to be? Size. He's going to be Spider-Man. We got that last weekend and then had to change it for a bigger size today. So hmm. Caitlin's going to be a vampire. Um, she wasn't sure she was going to do Halloween. She wasn't sure she was out grody yet. And then she decided, well, maybe I'll go ahead and dress up and go out with Mason. And she bought uh, makeup for a vampire. And she's already got a cape that we had got her for. Because when uh, her birthday, her grandma got her this really nice magic kit. That was this box. And it's got all these really cool illusional tricks. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it's and it, you know they're all wooden pieces. They're not plastic. They're... I mean, it's got a really cool <laughs> illusional stuff that, that looks great. And so we said, okay, well, we'll get her a, a cape and a top hat. So we got those. So she's already got the cape for the vampire outfit. So she bought makeup tonight. And she said, can I try this on see what I'm going to do? She said, absolutely. So she put it on a really good job with it. So she looks great. Oh, so sweet. So that'll be her deal. So she doesn't sparkle? In two weeks. She doesn't sparkle, no. She did She did gothic, gory, scary vampire. Proper. So I think we're going to do Boo at the Zoo this year, which we haven't done in years past because it's just oh, been so crazy yeah. busy. But um, the kids are excited about it. So I think That's we'll next them. weekend, right? It was this weekend and, and next weekend because yeah. they do the two weekends. So, yeah. yeah, we'll take them next week. Since it's not actually on Halloween. Right. Which, although they could this year since it's a Friday. I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, but they do them on Saturdays usually. So yeah. next, the following year, they probably will, they probably will yeah. do it on Halloween. Maybe not, since they probably don't want to compete with trick or treating though, because mm-hmm. kids do the boot. The zoo is an event in October, I don't know, and then they trunk or treating compete with uh, a little bit. But trunk or, trunk or treating isn't really a, to me competing because it's almost an alternative for kids. Because there's, I mean, face it, we live in the yeah. 21st century and people are afraid to go out and trick-or-treat anymore which is a sad thing but as a parent i understand we only take our kids in our neighborhood and then to places outside our neighborhood of, of where they go see i think but they a, get quite a haul anyway so they really don't need any more candy than they get i think as a zoo i would try to buy a bunch of candy and do it also as a trick-or-treating an alternative come to the zoo and trick-or-treat it could be a cool way to do it. I agree, but I think because they've set it up for years in the past, they've set it up for those two weekends. Before, it's yeah. kind of a, they're going to get more people doing it beforehand they're because they're going to gonna lose yeah. part of those people that will still do the yeah. neighborhoods and trunk or treats. That just depends on like how that. late they stay open, too. True, true. Trick or treating is an all day event. <laughs> it isn't more. In the years past, Holly's gone, taken the kids to uh, Washburn University because the. Oh, the other uh, dorms. And what's the Living Learning Center at the dorms? They do a thing where you can go through the different levels, and all of the kids are not all of them, but a lot of the kids are handing out um, candy from their dorm rooms. Yeah. So she takes them there usually and then home. And then probably do some trunk or treats next weekend because some of the churches have theirs on Sunday next week. <laughs> That's it. All I did. I I'm sure I'll think of something else. <laughs> I continued my horror movie-esque binge with The Frighteners. That's a fun movie. I know. I, I, I went into it thinking, it's been a while since I've seen this. I remember enjoying it. We'll see if I still do. And I still really enjoyed it, but I remembered pretty much everything from it. I guess I, it came out at a time where I rewatched it enough that it's just ingrained in my memory. Uh, which was probably like... 96, so I was like 6th grade watching The Frighteners. Zemeckis did that, didn't he? Yeah. That was his yeah. 
No. No, no, no. no he produced um, it. He produced it. He produced it. It um, was um, Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson directed Jackson. it. It was his last pre-Hobbit Is movie. it? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've only seen it a couple times. Actually, I haven't, I've only seen it once all the way through. It's I, on Netflix. I've caught it times and time again on TV. Yeah. yeah. It's so enjoyable. Yeah, Peter Jackson. A lot of dark humor in there. And then Wednesday, we, uh, me and Brittany tweeted along to Fight Club for its 15th <laughs> anniversary, which was a lot of fun. If I, I hadn't been in a car <laughs> and hadn't just watched it, uh, where were we? Oh, in, when we were in Chicago. Oh. We, we sat down with our, our big, gigantic deep dish pizza and Mel flipped <laughs> on the, the TV, you know, what just whatever happened, let's find something to zone out to while we eat. And she landed on Fight Club. I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen this in, <laughs> you know, years. And she fell asleep, and I wound up watching the rest of you know. And, and she, we caught it, like, right at the beginning. He, oh, he, he, nice. was, he was pretty much with Tyler in the bar talking about the fact oh, his the apartment f- had blown up. Yeah, 15 <laughs> minutes in. You know, so... <laughs> I watched the whole thing on TV and <laughs> just was like, not, how can you man, this is such starts. a great movie. <laughs> I know. I think I spurred Brittany into uh, watching or reading the book because I kept referencing the book so many times through the tweet along because that also is phenomenal. Yeah. If you haven't read it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I have read that one, actually. You have? I have, yeah. I think you might have loaned that to me. I probably. remember reading that at CD Trade Post. Uh, probably then. I would... Lend that to anybody who would read it. It's cornflower blue tie. Yes. Uh, and then Thursday, I tried to continue my horror film fest and slightly failed with Red State. Failed I, as in not It wasn't good? very horror-esque. Oh, really? Yeah. You haven't seen Red I have State? not seen it. It's in my queue. But so it it's, it's kind of does uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. And the first half, 30 to 40 minutes of it kind of is a horror-esque, these kids get kidnapped by these lunatics, and it's kind of almost um, quasi-hills-have-eyes type feel to it. But then, the ATF shows up, and it just becomes a shootout movie for the rest of the film. Really? Yeah. it's. I really enjoyed it. It was really well done. The ending was bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. But it wasn't what I was looking for when I watched hmm. it. was my problem with Red State. Um... It felt like Kevin Smith trying to do a Rodriguez film. I think part of it is the lead guy who plays the church pastor was in From Dust Till Dawn and Kill Bill and a bunch of Tarantino. Had that flavor. Tarantino-esque stuff. Yeah, so it had that Tarantino... Rodriguez-esque feel to the film. John Goodman did a phenomenal job in it. See, John Goodman should just um, be in everything. <laughs> I just blanked on his name, but we were talking about him uh, in news radio before show. Jimmy James oh, uh, is in uh, it, uh, and has, it's got a surprising cast. Milton. Uh, <laughs> What's his name? We just talked about him. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Keith Emdeba. Stephen Root. Stephen Root. Root. Yeah. Who did a phenomenal job? Stephen actually came to me as you were saying Root. <laughs> um, Melissa Leo did a really good job in it. I didn't even recognize her. Uh, the, the kids did a good job, um, and a couple other just little cameos of people that I recognize that probably most people wouldn't like the kids and a couple of the uh, officers. So it, it was it was good. It was well done. It, it, it's very vulgar. It's very violent. Um, 
So it's a Kevin Smith so film. It's a Kevin Smith Tarantino film. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like. I the story-wise, it's pretty impressive. Uh, a really strong outing for a non-comedy attempt from Kevin Smith, I think. Okay. He did a very well, a very good job directing it and writing it. Uh, Is that on Netflix? Yeah. Right now? Just wasn't the horror movie you wanted. Just, just wasn't the horror movie I wanted. So... Um, because, as I mentioned last week, I was trying to transition nicely between. So, American Werewolf in London features ghosts. So, Frighteners, ghosts. People can see dead things. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I didn't really have any other ghost movies. So, I thought, okay, well. What about ghosts? No. Casper. <laughs> <laughs> I used to own that. I don't The anymore. Sixth Sense. I like Casper. Uh, I thought, well. The movie, Casper. I like the movie, Casper. The bad guy in The Frighteners is pretty psychotic. We'll go to another Psychos ah. and Red State. Unfortunately, it failed me. Should have went with uh, American Psycho. Uh, I don't think of that as a horror <laughs> That's not really movie. really a horror though. movie. So I, but that would have tied in with Fight Club. Yeah, it would have tied <laughs> in with Fight Club really well. Um, so afterwards, my Netflix wasn't cooperating, so I couldn't watch anything else. So I ended up popping in Saw and watching about an hour of that. That stands up. Caitlin goes, can I watch the first Saw? Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? It's PG thirteen. I said no. Wait, that one was, wasn't it? It was yeah. all the rest of them that were rated because R. it was. It's predominantly psycholo- psychological, and most of the gore happens off screen. Yeah. It's like this: the scene where is it really? It's yeah. PG thirteen. Yeah, I didn't know. Well, that. I have an unrated cut, so it's a yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit. Yeah, there is an unrated cut out there because right? um, there's like the guy in the barbed wire that's kind of gory, and then. Well, remembering back what because I've only seen it, I've only seen that one, and I've only seen it once. Remembering back to that, as she was, she reminded me it was PG thirteen. I, I, I don't know how much different. It's not real gory, but it's it's. I thought it was psychologically enough Psych- disturbing yeah, I, I enough that she. I don't know if I've ever seen that. the rated version. I think I've only seen the unrated, so I don't know what the differences are. Mm. But even the unrated, I don't think compared to what comes after it, yeah. isn't that bad. I was thinking, oh, Sarah might be able to handle this. And then it got to the actual saw part, and I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> but that's a, that's one that's always I've been a strong champion of because I think it's so well done and so well realized. And while the rest of them kind of fall off, I think the first one stands up really well. Scream. That's, that's another good example. The first Scream. The rest of them. Although I still stand by two and three being pretty good because the writer still stays on they through do. three. No, and then they, don't, they well, leave. No, uh, no, Scream. Oh, Scream. Scream. Now, see, and I, I'll defend Scream because while nothing holds up to the, none of them hold up to the first movie, the other two spun them in such a way that I thought they were cleverly done. Now, Until I felt, you got to the end. Well, I felt like I felt like the whole movie, both of them, are rehashes of the first film. They are. But I think they're cleverly spun in a way, especially the third one, that yeah, even though the end you could you could never you can never repeat that, although they continue to try to do it. Um, I, I think they hold up as, as decent films. As the, decent the, the, the part problem of the that I had with two, two started off so strong that we took all these characters from the first film who survived. And moved them into college and did this. And of course, it's not just that it's college, it's that we're going to film school. And so we get all the discussions of sequels and all of them. Which is what I like. And oh, it was phenomenal. And then. <laughs> Which makes it so meta. Midway. Th- I know. I loved <laughs> That's what's it. great about And then midway through the movie, movies. they kill the narrator. And it's like, done. 
you, there's, you are done. There's nothing you can do from this point forward that makes that's going to salvage this film because that's, you've now ruined no. what you had set up as the narrative thread from one into two. But that's what I that's what I appreciated about Scream Two is the fact that they boldly went and did that because at that point that was when I went. They're trying not to be the first film now, and then from that point on, it almost feels. Without having the narrator there, no, it, it's not because it's it's almost uh, it's almost deafening because you're so used to that uh, that it gets to this point where you're a little uneasy because I felt like I didn't know what was coming next because no longer is the narrator kind of telegraphing things to you and laying out the the format of the horror film as he did as he did brilliantly in the first one. Suddenly, by doing that, to me, I appreciated that because I went. We're taking a different edge here. We're taking a different approach. Now we don't have that safety net of knowing what's going but to they, happen. But by doing that, they also broke the rules of the horror film exactly. genre. Exactly. Which, which is what needed to happen. Now, if, you yes. if, if you're going to do this, if you're going to play by the rules of the horror film genre, you should have waited until the third film to kill him when he says all bets are off. Well, that would have been better. Yeah. That would have been, been a better, better way to do I it. Agree. It also, once... Once Randy, Seth, you know, he was the best character in him anyway. <laughs> but once once he was gone, then it kind of literally the second half of Scream Two felt like it just kind of fell apart. Like they they got See, aimless. They didn't really know what they wanted to do, and got I to like the end the where nature who's the va- who's the bad guy? Oh well, it turns out that it's your it's a spaceballs moment. It's your cousin's brother's nephew's former roommate. It's like what? Well, no. <laughs> Who because, is this person? No, and how because, are they related to anybody in no, this movie? It was, it was the. <laughs> "Quote unquote mom figure," and it was no, yeah, it was, was it was very Jason like in that sense. It was very Friday the Thirteenth, and yeah. I liked it. Maybe, I well, thought, maybe, we're still staying to that. See, I haven't seen any of those, so maybe see, that's why. I didn't that's like maybe that, that's why but, I appreciate it because we're still staying with that formula formulatic um, approach to the films. But that was just it. They they it was like they cut the they cut the cord for us, and I thought, oh wow. Now where do we go? And so it feels very discombobulated and confusing. And when they do the reveal, it's it's that, oh, you were playing out the Jason scenario the whole time, and I didn't realize it. And I, so I appreciate that. Fair Again, enough. not as good as the first film, but it stands. It stands really well for doing movies about the horror genre. Like I said, maybe, it's just, maybe I didn't appreciate it as much because I didn't – I've never not seen the Jason the, movies. Yeah, I didn't have the background for that, so – and then three was just like really. Well, three three they tried too hard. That was the problem. Yeah, they, they, tried they really, really tried too hard. hard. But again, <laughs> I liked the I liked the idea of revisiting the tropes of the first film way beyond the tropes of the first film. I thought that was a neat. Where do you go next with this? And uh, that's the one where she's working as the. Uh, uh, She's a journalist at that point, right? Or yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I, I, I liked the idea of somebody piecing together her life, her past, and going. In fact, that's more of the copycat genre at that right. point. Which, again, I liked. We went. <laughs> we're staying with the idea of the horror tropes, and we're just we're reinventing it each time. Now, I thought that the the story is the weakest part of that film, so that's where that falls down. But. No, I think they, they stand. They're not so, as great. So now that we've talked a whole lot about films you didn't watch. Oh, what, where were you watching again? I watched Saw. <laughs> Sorry. I, I can't say much about Saw because I haven't seen past the first film. So. The first film is phenomenal. Brilliance, and you cannot recreate it. 
Unfortunately, they try with two, but up the ante with more gore. Yeah, that's part- where that's and the story's not as good. They try to fix that in three, which melds kind of the psychological and the gore, and kind of brings this kind of trilogy to an end. Which really, the middle part is a few pieces, but not a whole lot. It's more of a a bridge, a bridge, yeah, more than anything else. And then I don't know what happens after that, well, that because was, it, it, it. That's part <laughs> of the reason I stopped. You, and I spoilers, think, and they, they, and at least as far as I saw, at the end of three, Jigsaw dies. Yeah. And so, how they made a fourth movie, I don't well, know. Well, didn't I heard that Unless a lot of it was co- prequelish, and there was a, another guy that was utilizing his uh, copycatting. Yeah, copycat. Yeah. Is from what I understand. I stopped after one because you talked about it was from you years ago. You said. The first one's really good, and the rest of them really kind of fall off. They and do I thought, start falling why, off. Because the first movie was so... And I didn't... I, uh, let me be up front. I didn't care for Saw. But <laughs> well, I, but I appreciate Saw, it. Then, I, no, I yeah. appreciate it for what it was. And I thought it was structurally, it was a good film. So I'll give it that much. And then when you said that, I thought, well, I, if, if it's going to be everything... It's not going to be everything I liked about Saw. Then why go on? Because the things I didn't like about Saw, I would have not liked the rest and, of the And films. it really depends, too, because it really fleshes out more of the Jigsaw character and his motivations of what he's doing beyond what we saw in the first film. Well, that helps. And how he executed all... Oh, like, three flashes back to one a lot of how he well, pulled these the things off. Well, that's the one you told me was the flashbacks. Yeah, that's the one that's kind of... Right. Revives the series to be decent after two was kind of mad. Okay, that's so, the one I'm thinking of. I don't know if I'm going to go and watch two and three. Maybe after Halloween, down the road. Down the road. Uh, that's all the movies I watched. I did uh, Saturday night. We had a Catan night with Sarah's work people, so that was fun. And played Carcassonne for the first time. Have you played that? Is that the one you guys, you and Patrick played? Is, is, is that the one with the cat soul and the, the somebody's a knight and somebody's a king and somebody's a this? No. And a, no? Okay, then this that's still the, not the one. This is the one where <laughs> you basically build a land, you draw tiles and build lands and try to claim amounts to get points. It's kind of a neat little game. I remember that one, yeah. though. Maybe that is, well, maybe it's not the same one, then. Maybe I'm melding two different games, but I remember that one. So yes, and there I are, uh, that. I liked that one. It was cool. Cloisters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because okay. <laughs> every time I thought, where's the bell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've also, over, I finished it on Saturday, over Friday and Saturday, or Thursday to, uh, yeah, Wednesday to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, listened to the first Gallifrey story. Oh, yeah. of choice. That is really good. Is it? I'm I'm looking forward to going just through jumped this. in there. Just jumped in there. Huh? I figured it was going to be forever since we got there. So we can't wait on you. We got to get through this <laughs> series eight stuff. <laughs> I I can't wait. I don't want to say too much about it. You can't stop a Who fan. <laughs> and it's, it's not fair. Ever Our since, little boys grown so grown up. <laughs> <laughs> ever since Doctor Phil. Mentioned the two canines. It's been there in the back of my head. <laughs> two canines. Two canines. And the first fifteen minutes, I'm kind of. I was very. Eh, I don't know about this. And it gets to the theme song. It's kind of almost Torchwood esque, and it goes on. But then, once Leela and Romana show up, it gets going, and it's such a cool story and such a good setup for what's to come. It makes me really excited. I think I'll listen to, to this week. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it, too. So. 
And then today we went to... Sean's going, uh, tech with you guys. You don't have school and work. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm still going to go back and re-listen to them when we record them. So, review them. Well, good. You want to be fresh. you will. Because <laughs> it yeah. won't be fresh you'll, in my mind. You'll listen to it again and like it. you want it, it to be fresh in your mind. I want it yes. to be. Yes, because yes. it won't maybe, be. maybe we should maybe put Gallifrey on the, uh, on the schedule for election. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fitting. They did. I did see on the TARDIS with you that they came up with the idea after watching the West Wing. Ah, there you go. This is right up your alley. I know, right? It's the West Wing. No wonder you liked it so well. It's a Doctor Who West Wait, Wing. With Doctor Who West Wing. Two canines at that. Score. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> and I was really curious. On so excited he wore his canine shirt today. In celebration. <laughs> and I was really. Curious as how they were going to. Wait, make you listened to a, a big finish audio and you didn't work day or uh, mornings. <laughs> That's true. That's, yeah. In the car, my I've, I've whittled down some of my podcasts, so ah. I don't have as much to listen to. Uh, and then today we went to the pumpkin patch with Audie, which was fun. He's going to be Leonardo this year, but not good Leonardo. Michael Bay Leonardo. Oh, 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 uh, the turtle. Yeah, the turtle. I thought you meant the artist. Not I, the artist. That's where I went. <laughs> It's kind of advanced for him, isn't it? <laughs> He's walking around with a board and it's painted blue. <laughs> I thought he was walking around with a uh, Mona Lisa. <laughs> Underneath Ooh, it says, this, this is, is a fake. fake. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, that story that they found, like, another Mona Lisa somewhere? Like that, it was not nearly as advanced as the one that's actually in the Louvre, but you it's could like tell a, a, a it was like a prequel <laughs> painting. And they were trying to establish whether or not it was a genuine Da Vinci or not, and everybody was freaking <laughs> out about it. And I think it was Louis Trapani who said, oh, "Just, just X-ray it," because I'm guaranteed to say this is a fake on the felt tip underneath it. <laughs> I forgot all about that. That just happened not too long ago. The only other thing of note this week is my mom watched Ghost Light. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's her pulling up a text. <laughs> pull up her text. Hold on. Here's her quote. What the f? <laughs> oh, oh, almost. almost. <laughs> Watched Ghost Light. Made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I had warned her several times. I surprised you didn't jump in the car and hit right over her house. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here's the deal. Explain. I was at the pumpkin patch, or I would have. <laughs> All right, Mom, here's the situation. So I, I told her I warned you there's a bonus feature that explains it, that the screenwriter explains it, and told her which ones. So I was able to pull them up on my uh, on the Internet. And I haven't heard from her since then. That one text today, that's it. So I Maybe they blew her mind. Oh, Made no Maybe she's sense. watching it on loop. She's coming to us right now. <laughs> that's awesome. But I was talking She's sitting with there her. like this. Mm-hmm. Chaos theory. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with her on Saturday about how much she loves the Seventh Doctor and how there's the nice balance between comical and darkness in him that she really enjoys. And the production values do not turn her off. Yay. Who was scoffing at the mind robber. So... <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna love time in the Rocky. I'm just throwing <laughs> I'm, that. I'm throwing I'm, that prediction I'm, out there I'm now. Just She's gonna ready love to that. I'm ready to borrow one. all of his run so I can lend them to her. Uh, but I, I still don't own all of them. I, but well, most. I've I convinced most. her that. Uh, I don't know why I didn't offer this for her fourth Doctor story. She's a huge Frankenstein fan. So I don't know why I didn't, didn't think do of Frankenstein. Well, because you were doing, you had to do. It wasn't until I did the photo challenge that I was like, "Mom would love this story." <laughs> So she's going to watch it after she gets... I think 
she's going to watch the movie next and then kind of catch up. Maybe not watch 8 until she can get DVD with subtitles because she has trouble with accents. And speed. The speed of the talking is more of an issue than anything else. So maybe after the time of the Doctor, right? Yeah. She'll go back and watch Brain of Morbius. I think she'll like that one. That might sell her on four a bit more. Because she wasn't as impressed with him. Eh. Well, Hand the Fear, he's not a huge role in it. And five doctors, he's a mannequin. Or he's in a he's a little figure. He's a a cutscene. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I did this week. Well, I worked. I didn't have school. Should have. <laughs> so how far behind are you in your homework? Oh, God, now? I don't want to do it. $20 out there for anybody who wants to do my algebra. Well, explain why you didn't have school. Well, I was still dealing with the rental car, I'm which sorry. was part of the... <laughs> I thought I was pushing on your chair. I think I was pushing on your foot. No. Oh, okay. I promised I wasn't playing football. Get away from the table. Um, I, I, had, I, I didn't go into details, but I had a huge rental car issue um, last week. And was still dealing with it Monday morning, um, but it was much better. And then um, we left. I worked Tuesday morning, which that was kind of a whole nother kettle of fish because I told Matt, our manager, that was like, okay, I've got to leave because we're driving to South Carolina to see Cody's graduation from boot camp. I said, but we're going to leave right after work Tuesday so I, could, I can work up until 5 and then I got to go. And he's like, okay. And I didn't realize it, but I got in there Sunday and realized that he had scheduled me to close Tuesday. It's like, I can't do that now. He's gone the early part of the week. Mm-hmm. So he's gone up until Wednesday. <laughs> he comes back Wednesday, but I'm leaving Tuesday. So I was like, what do I do? What do I do? So I gave Julian a crash course on how to close and said, here's the deal. I'm going to leave you my keys. I'm going to leave you my alarm code. I'm showing you how to do this. Just do this and lock up and I'll catch up with you later to get my stuff. It's <laughs> like, okay. So we wound up switching shifts so that he could close for me and I could open. And then uh, Heather, our comic manager, was there, and she was apparently also supposed to open. And I'm like, why does he have you do that where he he has her come in to open and then come back to do all the comic stuff at night? Because, like, Mondays is the new release night for movies where you put them all out for Tuesday morning. Well, Tuesdays is the comic night, which come out Wednesdays. She goes, I don't know. And I was like, well, I'm going to be here. Why You don't need to come in and open. Why don't you just come in and work all your hours later in the day. That makes more sense. You know, so that you can work straight through on comics. Plus, it'll kind of give one extra person to be here with Julian just in case he, you know, runs into trouble. Not that I think he will. Well, not like Julian, you know, he used to work for me. He knows the score. She says, okay, I'll do that. I said, besides, it'll be me and Justin, and then I've got the next person coming in at noon, so we'll be fine. Well, I got in there Tuesday morning to assign all the drawers and realized that I'd read the schedule wrong and Justin wasn't scheduled. <gasps> oh. So it was just me, Tuesday morning. <laughs> Until noon. Until noon. And I went... I ran a CD trade post by myself sometimes all day long. I can do this. <laughs> the first 45 minutes were okay. <laughs> then I had like four CD trade posts. You did remember you ran a uh, CD trade post that was like an eighth of the an size of the, the store you run now. <laughs> uh, the first 45 minutes were okay. And then I had like four buys come in at the same time. And the phone was ringing off the hook. And other stores were calling me. Do you have this? Nope. <laughs> Hung up, went on to something else. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> And Heather went ahead and came in at noon anyway, and she kind of looked around and she goes, are you all right? Like, yep, (laughs) everything's fine. (laughs) Why is the wall on fire? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but could you take care of that? (laughs) 
they all kind of looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I goofed. That was not the smart. And of course, everybody came in. Why are you all by yourself this morning? I was like, not for very long. <laughs> it's too long. But not for very long. <laughs> I was like, well, that's what I get for screwing that up. So then, uh, jumped in the car and. Uh, Got Mel all set, had Katrina and Sam and Jesse with us, and we were like, okay. Well, I crawled in the back and went to bed, and Mel drove, and I woke up when she was lost in Kansas City. <laughs> That's not a very long sleep. <laughs> she, at, you know, 670. It's like, okay, we got this. Left exit only underneath Bartle Hall for downtown. And she and went to Bartle she, Hall. She got she? stuck on that, yeah. couldn't get over oh, and that's the pain. So no, then she you said. You got two lanes. You got continue and Bartle Hall. <laughs> that was it. She went to Bartle Hall. <laughs> Which I didn't say anything at the time, but it tells me like you were riding that left lane, weren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what happened. Well, it's happened to the best of us, too. But um, so, yeah, then she apparently spent the next 20 minutes. Driving around Kansas City downtown in frustration, trying to get back, on, get 670, back on 670. You can't do that. You have to get on 70. You got to get on 70. So I, 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 the car was doing this lurch, and I woke up. Damn it! <laughs> what did you do? Where are we? <laughs> I see buildings. What's the deal? I'm, nothing. I got this. I kind of looked around and was like, you can't get there from here. You've got to go to 70. I knew. I just knew what had happened. It's like, you can't get there from here. You've got to go to 70. That's the name of a uh, Stephen King short story. You can't get there from here? Also a R.E.M. song. Well, and, uh, <laughs> All right. about that time, I had just made the comment earlier before we went to work Tuesday morning. Monday night when we were kind of packing stuff and getting things together. It's like, oh. She says, what? I was like, we didn't watch vacation. She says, yeah. I was like, you have to watch vacation before you go on a road trip. It wards off the evil spirits. Otherwise, <laughs> the events of vacation happen to you. She says, well, if you want to stay up and watch it, you can. I'm going to bed. I was like, no, I'm tired. I'm going to bed, too. And then about that time, it was like, oh, <laughs> here it comes. Wish I hadn't gone to bed. So she figured that out and got in there, and I went, Back to bed-ish. And, of course, you know, sleeping in a car is sleeping in a car. It doesn't really... You don't really sleep. You've got to be really, really tired to get any sort of sleep. Well, and I prepared for it because, you know, I'd worked all day Sunday last week and then came here and we podcasted kind of late. And I stayed up later than I should have and then was up early Monday morning to get the rental car stuff taken care of and went to work Monday and stayed up late Monday night and then turned around and went back to work Tuesday morning. So I was thinking, okay, by the time Tuesday afternoon comes, I'm going to be out. No. (laughs) Still sleeping in a car. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can't do it. I did eventually nod off, but it was one of those fitful. Oh, and of course I'm six four and I'm folded up into the back seat of this minivan. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm too big to. Like, I can't sleep sitting up at all. So yeah. laying down in the back seat of a car isn't going to cut it either. Yeah, I had stuff you know propped up everywhere and legs up underneath me and you know, this is like, okay. This is almost no. There's a seatbelt in my back. <laughs> <laughs> So I did that, and I, I did get some sleep. And I, she apparently drove all the way through to somewhere in Illinois is where she finally said, okay, you can take over. That was a good stretch of time. Yeah. Okay, so I drove from Illinois all the way to South Carolina, which is also a good stretch of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cody kept calling, you guys get here, you, 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 you hear, you hear, you hear. Stop playing for me again. And uh, I was like, no, we're, we're, we're not there yet. 
well, 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 family night starts at 8. What time are you going to be here? Probably about 2 in the afternoon. <laughs> it's just <laughs> as soon as we can get there. So we called him as we rolled onto the fort. We're like, okay, what do you want to do? He's like, I'm at the bowling alley. Let's go bowling. <laughs> All right, bowling. Okay. So we got out of the car and went bowling. And then we went mini golfing. And he's like, well, i got to be back at post today. And we're like, good, we're going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to the hotel. We grabbed a pizza. We went to the hotel. I think I sat down on the bed. I ate one slice <coughs> of pizza and just kind of went, <clears throat> and didn't move. That was, you know, woke up the next morning. So, okay, what are we doing? Got to get the- Went to the graduation. Very nice graduation ceremony. Woke uh, up next morning, finished chewing the pizza. Finished chewing the pizza. <laughs> threw the rest of it out and <laughs> um, repacked the room and did all the stuff. But, yeah, went to the graduation ceremony, which was very nice. And then uh, they, we signed him out. And it was like, okay. Thank God we went the rental car route. Because I knew the the initial thought was we'll drive Mel's car. Which is, I mean, she's got a Scion. It's, a, it's one of those, literally, it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> It is spacious. It's surprisingly. For yeah. When you look at that car, you don't think there's much room in it. And then you get in, it's like, this is not bad. But then you add Katrina's car seat and our luggage and an extra person because there would have been two, three, four, five adults plus Katrina in that car. That's a packed car. That's a packed car plus luggage. And, and it's like, yeah, okay. Well, then Cody shows up and he's got duffel bags. <laughs> <laughs> You know, army duffel bags, and it's like, oh, I think I brought the minivan. <laughs> Pop the truck, rearrange it. Even with a minivan, it was tough to get all the stuff in the back seat because, of course, it's got that that weird sloping back. So the bottom part is all tetrising together just fine, and then as it gets narrower and narrower and narrower towards the top of the pile, it's like, oh, I don't know where to put this. Gives me an idea for a new Tetris game. <laughs> Sorry, there's an app for that. <laughs> That would. There we go. There's a million dollar idea. Somebody get on this. You take a picture of the back of your car with a camera, and then you take a picture of your luggage, <laughs> and the app goes this way. <laughs> That's how you back that. The app goes. So uh, you watch all your luggage, and then you go, "That was really cool." And then you look back at the luggage and go, "Oh, I have to do that now." Lift it up and rotate it. Rotate. No, not that way. Not that way. Other way. Other way. That's not how it went. Look what I'm doing with my hands. Turn it. Turn it this way. Game over. Restart. Reach the roof of the car. It was, too. It was all the way up. <laughs> Still got three bags left. Dang it. <laughs> so uh, we, we went ahead and hit the road again and drove from Columbia, South Carolina, up to Fort Lee, Virginia, which is about 20 minutes outside Richmond. Oh. Huh. I didn't realize we were that far north. That's far north. That's pretty far north. I mean, when you start seeing signs for Washington, D.C., it's like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And you know, I'm not I'm not graphically challenged for the most part. I know my way around, but man, even that was like, man, we are really far up here. So we got up to the hotel and checked in and Cody had been talking about seafood the whole way up and we were like, Yeah, seafood sounds really good. Let's go find a red lobster or something, we'll do it with some seafood. And we got up there and he goes, You know, I haven't had a burger in two months. I think I want a burger. It's like, dude, I've just been in a car for like nineteen hours. I had nothing but burgers on the way down here. Really? Okay, it's your day. We'll go get a burger. So we went to this place called Big Mike's Burger Shop. 
which was recommended to us by the lady working the counter in the hotel. She goes, you got to go to Big Mike's. I'm like, what the hell is Big Mike's? Big Mike's Burger Shop. It's just down the street. She goes, well, I can't remember exactly where it's at, <laughs> but it's a hole in the wall, and you'll pass it. Trust me. But it's right, right after that, you'll see Big Ed's Amish Shed Shop. <laughs> Is everything named after no, a big? No, it wasn't. It there? wasn't big. It was Honest Ed. Oh, okay. Honest Ed's Amish Sheds. That's what it was. Look at me plugging businesses that'll never hear this. Honest, Honest Ed's Amish Sheds. She says you'll see that place, and that's where you know to turn around because you pass Big Mike's. She, damned if she wasn't right. <laughs> Caught it out of the corner of my eye. Big Mike, and it was gone. And then there were all these sheds, and I went, "Aha! I know where I'm at." <laughs> So we turned around, did a Yui at, at, at Honest Ed's Amish Sheds, and uh, went to Big Mike's and had a burger. And it was a really good burger. Well, I got to say, as far as I mean, for having had burgers all the way down, um, it was a really good burger. Homemade. You had fast food burgers. This is good. This burger. was this was real burger. Yeah, real cooking and homemade onion rings and and yeah, the whole bit. So it was, mm-hmm. it was quality. It's kind of like Bobo's um, atmosphere, but. A burger, real, real big burger, and then we went back to the hotel and crashed, um, and then got up the next day and repacked the car um, because we, <laughs> Cody was like, "Well, I don't have to report until five. and we we're like, "Okay, well, what do you want to do?" He says, "I don't know. Let's just we'll go do a picnic or in the park, and we'll play with Katrina, do something." Like, okay, so we had him pretty much all day, and then he reported. And as with most government things, it was a big case of hurry up and wait because they were very adamant. We want you here at five, no, no later. You've got to be here to do this. So we showed up at three. And we'll get you checked in today. And got him in, and he got into reception, and then he sent us a text later that apparently he's going to be in a room in reception until Tuesday when they figure out what to do with him. Oh, oh geez. He's like, seriously? <laughs> he's like, hey, he says, I'm watching TV. So <laughs> you getting paid for it? Yep. All Bye. right. Well, the problem was we initially thought he was going to have to report at like 8 a.m. the next day, which is why we went ahead and did the drive up to, to Richmond you know, oh, that right, day yeah, right. uh, instead of messing with it the next morning. But uh, with having him till 5, that changed our departure plans a little bit because we uh. had him all day, and now it's like, well, what do we do? Well, let's just go ahead and hit the road. Okay. Well, unlike the previous where I got to stay up, stay up, stay up, and then sleep. It was, we were both up. We both had Cody during the day and all this kind of stuff, and now we're both driving. Hey, you're both tired. We're both tired. Mm. We hit Richmond at 5 o'clock Friday traffic. Mm. Oh, fun. Which sucked. I didn't know Richmond was that big. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's big, and it's busy, and at 5 o'clock Friday sucked. So we pulled over and had a Starbucks and kind of. Yeah, maybe now. Did you actually no. drink coffee? No, I didn't drink. Oh. I, had, I had a chai. I had a chai tea and a lemon pound cake. I love the lemon ice pound cakes. Those are so good. <laughs> what? I've never had one. They're no. really good. You should try one. I never get food at Starbucks. Lemon cake, lemon ice cake is really good. Sarah likes I've only been to Starbucks once in my life. So. I don't enjoy it enough to go out of my way for it, ah. but if I'm going to be dragged to Starbucks by people who drink coffee, I'm getting ah. a lemon ice cake. I had to find something That's of value The only there. time I was ever in a Starbucks was when I was dragged there by people that drink coffee. Get yourself a chai tea. <laughs> I don't like chai tea. I, no, that's not true. I like chai tea that I've made. I don't like chai you tea. You don't like made. chai tea lattes? No, I don't. The iced ones? You don't like the milk in your lot, in your tea? No milk, no nothing. I want just straight chai. Well, and I want it hot. I don't want it cold. The, the chai lattes are hot. Unless you ask for them iced. 
but you can also get just a regular chai tea without the without the. You can get a bag of tea. Oh, yeah, oh, you see, can get, now that I do. Yeah, you can do that. You can get that. It kind still of doesn't mean I'm going to go to a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, but don't go to Starbucks for a bag of tea. <laughs> no, but if you're dragged but there by somebody who's drinking coffee, Oprah. you know. Anyway, so then we uh, we drove. So it's high quality tea. Uh, okay, <laughs> I guess if you like that sort of thing. I like all the high quality tea. Earl I'd rather Gray make it myself still. <laughs> Then we drove, and uh, I didn't quite realize that um, we our, our route took us. We were on 64 uh, coming back, and that takes us right through Virginia and into West Virginia in the mountains. And it's now, you know, midnight. You went, you hit North Appalachia, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Didn't get to see it because it was dark. Nope, it was pitch black out. Darn. And be, I'd be afraid to drive through Appalachia. Uh, well, okay, let, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was in my head through quite a bit of that. Uh, the road also does a lot of... Wee! <laughs> That's how it was through a lot of Arkansas when yeah. I drove through. And, uh, yeah, the, it was Arkansas the same way. Large, large <laughs> chunks of ground where we could only go like 40 miles an hour because the road conditions were so... And I mean, I've driven the Rockies, right? Uh, you know, I don't like driving the Rockies, but I've driven the Rockies. These are only... The, the, the high point is 2,700 feet versus the 11,000. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so... But it, pitch black at well, you know midnight it's like okay. i don't know about appalachia but the uh, or the appalachians but i know that in the ozark mountains is completely night and day driving difference than the rockies because in the rockies while you're high up and you do have some of those small roads and and extra curves it's at least kind of this gradual broad curve because the rockies are so big in the Ozarks, yeah, it's, whoop, it's like you're going oh. 90 degrees, and you're yep. doing it all the time. So I would imagine that the Appalachians That's, that's the way the road to Hana is. Just, there's, a, there's a cliff and ocean yeah. versus cliff and ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It only so. works when it's raining. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, it bogged us down so much. and got, it's, it's exhausting to drive something. Oh, like it is. Too. And got into Charleston. It's, yeah. You know, and I'm... Like this, <laughs> and hit Charleston, and kind of felt like maybe I can speed up a little bit, even the big city, because at least I can see the highway, you know, yeah, versus the yeah, mountain. Right. And that was when we found the deer. Oh, Uh-oh. you didn't hit it, did you? No, nearly, <laughs> nearly. <laughs> there was we might a, have brushed the deer. <laughs> there, there was a deer just hanging out in the middle of the road. And oh, he was, wasn't going anywhere. It, no, it was just right smack dab <laughs> so in the you, middle of the highway. You were at a point where going, I could hit this deer. <laughs> well, thank maybe God. that would put on the brakes. <laughs> thank, thank God I was only going forty <laughs> because had I sped up, I'd have hit the deer. Oh, and it just sat there and looked at me. It was like, "Come on, bro, come at me." <laughs> <laughs> and so. I went this way, and he went that way, and it was all good. And, of course, the whole car woke up. Ah, what? what was that? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when, I I decided, <laughs> that's when I decided, I'm done driving in the mountains at night. <laughs> Can't do it. So we pulled over at the next rest stop. And me and my buddy were driving down a dark road. Let me deviate for just a second. Out in western Kansas, we were driving down the dark road, and it was late at night. We used to go to Hugoden a lot, which is like 45 oh, minutes yeah. away from Liberal. We're driving down the Stark Road, and we're barreling home because we both got curfews. We've got to be home. I mean, this is, we're, this is high school. We're barreling down this road, and he falls asleep. And so I'm trying to get home, trying to get home, and we've, you know, we've got to be home by 2 o'clock a.m. And I have stuff to drop him off, and I have to be home at 2 o'clock. And it's like 1.45, and we're still probably 20 minutes out. And so I'm <laughs> barreling down these roads. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I go, oh, dear. 
And he shoots up and says, what? and I slam on the brakes. And we're skidding. And he goes, what, what, what? I said, I said it. Oh, dear. And there was a deer in the middle of the road. <laughs> of course, he scurried off right away. So I didn't have any problem, but... That was exactly what happened to I've me. Seen said, oh, dear. I, I've seen him on the side of the road. <laughs> no, really. Oh, dear. Oh, a deer. Yeah. A, a female deer. <laughs> I could have sang the whole song right there. Might have. I don't know. I've seen him on the side of the road before and gotten nervous. You know, because it's just like, stay over there, stay over there, sir. And I'm past. Okay. But this just, yeah, just keep right shoot across the route in front of us. in the middle of the highway. Over. Just standing there. Mm. I think like, I ran over a dead one. The other night when you went yeah. home, yeah, it was car- I, there was a lot of carcass left when I got yeah, there. Somebody I didn't hit it. Quite uh, get to see it in time to swerve. So gunk. Well, we got a heads up because Matt left and told us about it, and so I drove around it. But oh, it was gross. Well, of course, my first thought is not the rental car. <laughs> <laughs> not concerned about hitting That's the what deer. Not, it's not concerned about not the rental car. But. Um, so yeah, I, I, we pulled over and it was like, okay, I, I, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And Mel's like, well, I'm not driving. So I'm too tired. I haven't slept any because she, of course, she was trying to sleep in the passenger right, seat. Right. And, you can't and you're waking her up because you're hitting Bambi's Bambi. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we decided, well, let's just sleep. Let's just go ahead and and call it. We're gonna we're gonna. So we bunked out and slept in the van <laughs> at this rest stop for a couple hours, which. Oh, yeah. You, you, do what you, you didn't do what really you have get any to. sleep. Yeah. yeah, but the girls were decided they were like they weren't well. We're not tired. We're just going to stay up. So they watched Goonies because the minivan had the index DVD player and all. This. Now, okay, yeah, I know. Here it comes. <laughs> all right. So here, here, here I'm going to intercede here I because no. I've been waiting for this. I told no. I, I was like, thanks for ratting me out on that. By because the way, because he commented on already. Friday. There's a post on Mel's Facebook page, and it's cute little <laughs> Katrina sitting in the back in her car seat, and she's looking up at something on the ceiling. And Mel posts, I don't remember what she was watching, but Brave. Katrina watching Wasn't it? something. No, Wally. 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 That's right. Wally on the trip back from South Carolina. And I went, huh. Papa? Mel? Mel? Papa? And Katrina? There's a video player in this car? And, and and Papa's letting her watch it. I distinctly remember about fifteen. No, it wasn't been fifteen. It was Caitlin. It wasn't little, even that long ago. It's been at least ten years ago, where we were talking about we just bought a DVD player for our car so that Caitlin can watch it on long road trips, especially when we were driving back and forth to Hutchison a lot. And Sean berated me up and down one side and the other about how, oh, it's horrible that we have DVD players in cars now and kids are watching DVDs in the back seats of cars instead of taking in the beauty of the drive on the way of where they're going on road trips. When we were kids, we were forced to look out the window the entire trip by our mother because she didn't want us to miss the beauty of the road trip. And we didn't even get toys or magazines or anything like that. Like that we had to stare out the window of the car and soak in all the beauty and i so appreciate my mother for doing that because i saw gobs of america because of that and i stand by that <laughs> and i saw that post and i went you hypocrite <laughs> that's your come up in shots <laughs> i know i told mel as soon as i saw that you had already replied to her and i looked at her and i said thanks for ratting me out <laughs> She said what? So I had to tell the story. She went, oh, <laughs> he's not going to let you live that down. So I was like, no, no I won't hear about it. 
I've been lying in wait for 11 uh, years for that. <laughs> how old was Caitlin when you? I think she's one or two. She was two, I think. She's so she two. Must, this must have been only about nine years ago. Okay. She's ele- I don't, I don't, <laughs> 11 now. So. Having been on a road trip with a five year old, a DVD player is a wonderful thing. Well, I held it in when you talked about you, Audi <laughs> driving to. And I, I waited for Sean to say something, and he didn't. So I, I held can, it in. I could see seven, eight, ten years old. No DVD player. Look out the window. Read a book. Something else. Play car DVD. bingo. Yeah, something. <laughs> I, 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 but when they're that young, it's hard to keep their attention. I, I, well I, I, I will. I will. Well behaved. I. I. I stand. Two year olds do not appreciate the beauty of America. <laughs> <laughs> Five year olds don't. Either. I'd I, rather be watching Wally. <laughs> I stand by the sentiment of what I said, and I and I still I thank my mother for you know making us walk, look out the window and doing all that. I will amend my, my my sentiment that at that age, yes, you're totally within your right to have a DVD player in the car for a kid because um, that was really a lightsaber. Unfortunately, then it sets a bad precedent of when they get older, you take it away. Well, why? I will yeah. watch it when I'm I, yeah, I, I sort of, and, and, I, and back then when you said it, I sort of agreed with you because I, I, we also grew up. But we also made the trip back and forth to Hutchison so many times when I was a kid. That I knew what the dang road looked like. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> I would have loved yeah. to have had a DVD Multiple, player. And yeah. Caitlin was in the same boat. We we had already driven back and forth to Hutch so many times because that's where most of my family is from the Hutch Wichita area, or my dad's family is. And so, if we were going to Nebraska or something, yeah, I think I'd much rather her watch the road, see what's happening. No, on that trip. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> if I can keep her quiet for three hours, we're golden. Yeah. <laughs> Even going up to uh, South Dakota, when I the bits I read, I felt like I missed out. Like I missed and something while I was reading, or man, when I not nap. If you grew up in Western Kansas, you'd have wished you'd had something your eyes <laughs> off the road. Man, that's such a boring just driving drive. to Abilene. That's such Half a boring the drive. Half the drive to Abilene is boring. Oh, and there's hills between here and Abilene. There's nothing out there past well, that. The, 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 the city oh is kind of flat. The, the key, to, the key to Western well, take, Kansas. Take just past Junction Hills. That, that, and take that, that times ten yeah, as far as flatness goes. That's Southwest Kansas. The key, the key to Kansas, the Southwest Kansas, is to first drive through Oklahoma and. The drive through the Panhandles, Oklahoma oh, and God, Texas. I did that too. I lived in the Panhandles. And it's oh flat and, and it's dirt. Not, it's sage. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just sage. Not even grass. Not even crops. We, we, we did that on the way down to visit my grandmother in Arizona one time. We went down that way and then came back up through Colorado and hit Western Kansas. My God, Western Kansas was so beautiful compared <laughs> to the Panhandle. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. The, the, be- oh the best is, and we're getting way off track here, but the best is when we drove out to Albuquerque three years ago. And we drove through western Kansas, and we drove through the Oklahoma Panhandle, and we drove through the Texas Panhandle, and it got worse and worse and worse. And I swear to God, as soon as you pass the border of New Mexico, it's like, wow, this is really cool. I mean, it's that abrupt of a difference. It's because it looks like Mars. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, there's nothing. Well, and there's 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 it there's, looks like Lanzarote is yeah, the moon. Well, and when you drive through there. when you drive through Northwest uh, New Mexico, when you finally get in there, there's all of these like I mean it's it's still desert. I mean it's still desertish. It's still sage, but you get all of these rock jetations and all of these different kind of it sculptures. Looks like the and, true American yeah, it West does it look? Well, it's that highway. You know, it's yeah. that, that Route 55. Um, in fact, you drive through northern uh, New Mexico, and it's like Radiator Springs. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. You drive through there, and you see those those kind of towns. So, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, she... Now, here's the part that sucked. is In the driver's seat, they've got all these safety features 
the car dings at you when you don't have the seatbelt on. The car dings at you when this happens. The car doesn't do blah, blah, blah. It had the rear view backup mirror and the camera and, you know, all the really cool stuff. But you start the DVD and it comes up on the little navigation menu and it mm. plays. And it's like, oh, sweet. And the minute you put that car into gear, that goes away. It's not going to let you see that. <laughs> Smart. Now, admittedly, this is a good thing because I'd have been driving like this. You know. um, no, I would not have been on the road. And you would have hit that deer. <laughs> I've seen uh, the movies that I brought along. I've seen all these enough that, you know, just listening to them and I'm fine. You know, we, we listened to Road to El Dorado and laughed. We listened to Lilo and Stitch and laughed. We listened to all these great movies and then they say hey, what you want to you say, Wally so we popped in Wally and I got to thinking about it I was like there's no oh, dialogue in this movie <laughs> this is we got Wally and Eva and sound effects so you hear a lot of Wally Eva. for two hours <laughs> and Mel's sitting there going are they at this part in the movie yet? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then the captain showed up and started talking to Otto. I was like, dialogue! <laughs> I used to, with my iPod, I had it loaded on there, would just load up Dr. Horrible and just listen to it as I drove, not even looking down at the screen. Like, not the soundtrack, the actual. The movie. actual, yeah. But, uh, so we, the, um, where was I? We were in uh, West Virginia. So we, we, the girls decided they were going to watch a movie. So they pop in Goonies. And I'm lying in the back trying to sleep. And, of course, the speaker's right here underneath the pillow. And the whole opening sequence is going through my head. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 I'm getting excited because I know what's coming. Trust me. Trust your mother, boys. Dun, 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 Oh, police chases some court. I'm like, shut up, brain. Shut up, brain. Shut up. You need to get some sleep. And all the dialogues running through my head for Goonies. I was like, uh. <laughs> so two hours went by and we got up. Mel looked at me, feeling refreshed? Like, no. <laughs> no, I did, went on a trip. Mel sleep? My head the whole time I was sleeping. Well, she slept in the seat up front, so she was like this. <laughs> <laughs> so we hit the road again. And Sean had a dream where he, the whole time he's running from the Fratelli's. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse pressure! <laughs> Damn it. So, um, yeah, I kind of did that. I looked up and the credits were rolling. I was like, oh, it's not nearly enough time because I recognize those credits too. So we hit the road again and drove 40 miles an hour out of the mountains. Oh, you had to wake up to the goodies. The goonies are good enough. <laughs> it's good enough. <laughs> But, um, so then we, we, you know, pulled over and Mel drove for a little bit after that. And I, she, she drove all the way to St. Louis and then we hit a really bad construction zone in St. Louis because we were kind of trying to. That's every construction zone in St. Louis. Well, yeah, they're all bad, but we, we were trying to kind of skirt. Cause again, I just, I told AAA, I was like, I'm going from point A to point B from point B to point C and point C to point A. She said, okay. And they trip ticked it for me and they drove us right through Ferguson. It's like, you know, are you kidding me? <laughs> sadly, the construction you ran into in St. Louis was probably the same construction we ran into in St. Louis when we went there for celebration three, 15 years ago. <laughs> oh yeah. It looks real familiar. <laughs> I'm sure the cones were still in the same place. <laughs> that orange barrel is mocking me. <laughs> I think I remember its name. Um, so we sat, and of course, it wasn't just bad construction. There was an accident because nobody knows how to drive in St. Louis. I don't know what's wrong with these people. Let alone when there's construction going yeah, on. Yeah, so we sat there and sat there for like two hours sitting. Oof. 
and then we got through to the other side of St. Louis and hit another <laughs> construction zone, and there was another accident. And it's like, really? And then the first squad car went past us, and then an ambulance went past us, and then a fire truck went past us. I was like, this just happened. <laughs> oh, my God. So fortunately, I'd also brought Looney Tunes. So since we were stopped, I put the car in park and watched the monitor <laughs> up front. <laughs> And we good watched call. we, we watched some of that, so that was good. And then uh, I took over, and, and we we drove uh, the rest of the way. And you know, I've driven that stretch of seventy St. Louis to back and forth. I don't know how many times I've driven that stretch. It was Twice the longest <laughs> stretch of longest road time you've driven it ever. I just went on. It's long enough and anyway. On. I can't imagine with all the codes yeah. and structures. Oh, uh, well, let's just look at Accidents you know, and having the long night. And, and the long night and the fact that, you know, at, at some point, and we were, in, I was anticipating getting in sometime between 2 and, and 5 on, on Saturday. And at 5 o'clock, we still had like 100 miles to Kansas City. <laughs> oh, and it was geez. like, what the hell? <laughs> And I started doing the math. Not the math homework I needed to do, but the math homework <laughs> that was like. All right, we left at such and such time on such and such day to carry the one. Figured out of the 96 hours that we were gone, we'd spent 52 and a half of them in the van on the road. Wow. Anybody that lives in Europe, any of our UK listeners, (laughs) driving from here to North Carolina is like driving from London to Turkey. (laughs) I kid you not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. You, Look at you, a map. Are, you, you are 100 correct. It is that big and long, and there's no Mediterranean Sea in the middle of it. But well, yeah, <laughs> or, or yeah, or a, or a cha- English Channel or anything. Yeah, of course, just, you can drive under that now. So, <laughs> so how was Katrina on the ride? Was she pretty good. She, the whole time? she was pretty good for the most part. I mean, we tried to stop and you know stretch the legs and because you know she's got the harness and the. Yeah, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. But she had the, the DVD player and toys and bears and snacks and all this kind of stuff. And we'd get her out and run her around and do the little stuff. And, okay, we'll go back in the car. We'll start another movie and, you know, this kind of stuff. And somewhere around, I think it was the North Carolina border crossing into South Carolina before we got down there, she said, I don't want to see Daddy now. <laughs> she gave up. She was like, I'm done. <laughs> I had no idea I was going to be trapped in a car seat this long. <laughs> nothing worth it. Well, her limit. <laughs> well, I didn't help Sam kept lying to her because every time we got back in the car, I know, honey, we're almost there. I was like, don't tell her that. We've got 12 hours to go yet. <laughs> but she says, I don't want to see Daddy now. <laughs> Please tell me you did not tell Cody that. No. no. Well, yeah, I don't know. If he listens to this one, he might have heard that. <laughs> um but yeah, she was pretty good through. Yeah, most I'm sure of it. it was worth it once she finally. Once she out. once she got to him, she was really clingy, and we let them have their you know thing. And then we you know had to okay say goodbye to daddy. He's got to go back to oh, work. And she wasn't yeah, happy with I that. That was hard. Um, but the way back the, that Missouri was rough. Mm-hmm. Missouri, she kept getting more agitated, more angry, and more loud. And the rest of us were getting short and loud, and just like ah. everyone's running out of patience. Yeah, and so like as soon as I jumped in the car on the other side of seventy, we got past that construction. I looked at that as like this is a road I know. This is a road that's relatively straight. <laughs> you know, just warp drive, go. And I drove, man. It was like damn the cops. Highway Patrol, be damned. <laughs> I dare you to try and catch me on the way home because you're going to pull me over. I'm going to give you this look, and you're going to go keep on going, sir. 
and <laughs> at that point it went cannonball run. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that. It's like there's not one state that has the death penalty for speeding. <laughs> <laughs> Except maybe Ohio, and we're not in Ohio. <laughs> and it still took forever. It was so sad. But yeah, we we got home, and of course Mel's talking about the rental car going. Well, you know, we need to return it. Let's let's. I don't. She says I don't want to mess with it. Let's just let's drop everybody off. We'll drop our stuff off. We'll clean it up. And we'll take it back to Lawrence, and pick up your car and come back. Okay. And we pulled into town and got Katrina dropped off at 7 p.m. Saturday night. Now, keep in mind, we just dropped Cody off and left at 5 p.m. the previous day. So over 24 hours in this minivan. I don't care how many minivans it's got. I don't care how nice it is. I'm tired of being in the van. And I looked at her and said, I can't do it. (laughs) No, I'm not going to Lawrence tonight. In fact, I'm not driving home. You can do it. <laughs> I got nothing left. I bet when you dropped Katrina off, you were never so envious of a three-year-old in your life. Well. <laughs> because she's home, and you still got to go. <laughs> Literally, like right on the outskirts, just before we hit the, the turnpike entrance, I hear Katrina go, Mommy. And Sam goes, What, honey? <laughs> I stay at Grandma and Papa's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and Mel and I went, aww, no. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I, I no. Going home and we're going to bed. I couldn't do it. So uh, we looked up the plan and it turned I out. I don't the, know if I feel envious for Sam. Who knows how much yeah, longer well, she was yeah. up. She, she had help. She had her parents. And, you know, she's got, you know, yeah, you know, still. so it's like. <laughs> See you next weekend. Bye bye. <laughs> Love you. Um, and you know, I would never dump my granddaughter on it, but it's, uh, <laughs> so we got home, and um, they, it turned out they were closed anyway. And then they were closed Sunday, so I was like, well, I guess I'm doing it for early Monday morning before class, driving back to Lawrence. And even then, the thought of it is just like uh, getting back in the car. <laughs> and then um, Mel asked, she says, "So what do you want to do?" And I was like, oh, "This is going to sound really weird, but I, Tuesday morning before work, I bought." Days of Future Past. We haven't watched it. And I said, I'm really jonesing to watch it. i got to see Quilksilver. She says, you want to watch that now? And I was like, yeah, I think it'll be kind of a good decompression thing. <laughs> when you guys got home? When we got home. So she's like, okay. So we picked up Chinese on the way home and got home and just sat like this. <laughs> and Days of Future Past kind of washed over us. And the Chinese. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's still, okay. it's still a great film. It's still really good. And she kept asking me. She says, so they really pretty much just don't acknowledge X-Men 3 at all, do they? I was like, no, nah, what was that one part? And then we got to the one part, and I was like, ah, oh, damn, there it is. So we still get that scene. <laughs> we still get that scene. Phoenix dying. But, um, so we watched it, and then she's like, well, you want to do Doctor Who now? I was like, yeah, I probably should. But I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> and we went downstairs and sat on the bed. And Mel said she woke up at 4 in the morning, and we were still in exactly the same place as we were. <laughs> she went up to pee and then actually put us to bed. So we were like, okay. So we got up early this morning and watched it, and then I had to go to work. Oh. And then I had to come here. So you guys are getting we a very... had to come I had, had, to, come had to come here. I have obligations. I had to come here. When else am I going to do it? You know, well, so. I'm working dayside two of the days that we would have done a late yeah. recording next week anyways because of the World Series. So oh, I didn't think about that. I World have to Series be work at 9, 30, Hey, how o'clock. about them Royals, by yeah. the way? I got that text from my mom while I was in there. You like, should leave more yeah. often. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll tell you, uh, on that note, my uncle, uh, he texted out, I think it was the first, it was the it was after the wild card game. It was the first game of the uh, championship series, and the Royals had won. Well, he had gone to bed at seven o'clock, or not seven o'clock? No, nah. He had gone to bed at the end of the seventh inning, and so the second night, extra, right? the second night, he said, "Well, I went to bed at seven o'clock. I've gone to bed at seven o'clock for the first two games. Or no, I keep saying seven o'clock. Seven, at the seven. end of the seventh inning for the first two nights." To wake up to the Royals winning, so I'm not breaking that streak. So he went to bed that night into the seventh inning. Well, then the following game was a day game. And so he said, well, it's too early to go to bed, but I assure you I will be getting up and turning the TV off at the end of the seventh (laughs) inning and going for a walk or doing something else. And they won. And so the next (laughs) this next day game, which was the fourth game, the one that that they won, um, I texted him at uh, uh, the top of the seventh, and I said, well, Enjoy your walk, <laughs> and he did. And he went, to, and so he got, he got into the World Series. So we can thank my uncle for continuing to leave at the end of the seventh inning. Well, he's going to have to do that for the World he's Series. He's going to continue to do that next week. He said as well. Have you guys covered all of the weird little coincidences and fun things? That but, did I bring up with you guys about how um, interesting enough uh, is it Holland that went to North Carolina? Uh, flew back to North Carolina when his wife was having the baby. Yes, you did. Came but back. I think that was off mic. Yeah, it was, was off it off mic? mic? He came back and pitched. He came back, got there late in the game, like sixth inning, pitched the game, and they won. And ironically enough, Brett Saberhagen, who was the one of the pitchers in 1985 when they went to the series and won, in the championship series, he went uh, home because his wife was having a baby, came back late, pitched a game, won that game that night. But it doesn't stop there because that baby that Brett Saberhagen went home to for his wife to have actually played in college in North Carolina on the same team as Holland. <laughs> I'm just like, what? You can't write this stuff. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Peter Davidson has a daughter. <laughs> it's a lot like that. It's a lot like that. The uh, I, my my favorite is the uh, you know you realize the Royals haven't lost a playoff game in twenty nine years. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> and they've been in a playoff in twenty nine. We don't talk years. about that part of it. We talk about the fact that it's been twenty nine years since the World Series. We haven't lost a playoff game since then. Well, the Royals hadn't hit a home run in the last what was it twenty two games of the regular season, and the only home runs they've hit since mid season. Has been in the playoffs. <laughs> I cracked up listening to the one game. How many stolen bases did they have that one night? Eight? Oh, yeah. Uh, six, wasn't it? Six I don't know. Seven. It was just this insane number of stolen bases. And the announcers are going, and he's going, oh, my God. You're not going to believe who just stole second base. <laughs> Billy Butler. And he starts flipping Oops. pages. You can hear him going through <laughs> the thing. He goes, Billy Butler hasn't had a stolen base since... Yep. I don't know. Little League. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they were winning some of those games was they were stealing them. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah. The, the next day, there was the greatest post ever on Facebook. Somebody had a picture of their local church sign out front, and it says, The Lord says thou shalt not steal. 
Unless you're, you're Billy Butler. Yeah, I mean, I realize a lot of this is the you know the bandwagon jumpers are oh, coming yeah, out of the yeah. woodwork now, going, "Oh yay, Royals!" That's and it's okay. like, "Yeah, where were that's you?" Royals fans are, yeah, it's okay. but that's oh, that's okay. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's good the, for the, we, we're there's all, a small amount we all of diehards, and then the rest of we all get to enjoy the ride. We all get to enjoy the ride. So, and our former colleague is getting quite the yeah. One of our yeah guy was originally our sports. He got on today's show because he was doing a live report and somebody jumped up and behind him and went, Whoa! And, and this guy, him. he used to cuss up a storm. I'm surprised he didn't cuss right there on air. Yeah, yeah. There were really many a nights person. during football season where I was on the headset going, don't cuss, don't cuss, because <laughs> things would be going wrong. I said, your mic could be hot, don't cuss. <laughs> and then, after the final game, interviewed Paul Rudd on the field. Yeah. The whole Rudd come was, over to my mom's house. That was Rudd, our former colleague. He's from Kansas City. He was there, and he said, "What, Johnny? Said, what are you doing tonight?" And he says, "Well, I'm, my mom's out of town, so I'm going to party." And Johnny says, "Well, you heard that party at Paul Rudd's house." He says, "You know, you stop on by." And then Paul Rudd sticks his head back into the camera and goes, five dollar cover." <laughs> And then that was featured on all the national shows. So, <laughs> one more thing, but this is completely off subject. But it made me think of this when you uh, were talking about can't get there from here. Uh, and I brought up the song in the book. I don't know. Maybe I've told this story before. We was gone our way uh, to a youth group uh, trip to go skiing up in uh, Colorado. I don't remember where we went? Someplace that's closed now. And uh, we were on our way, and I'm reading Stephen King's Night Shift. And just as I start reading the short story, You Can't Get There From Here, which is about a guy that finds a shortcut that's physically impossible. Um, this, I'm listening to my Walkman. Back in the days, we called those Walkman, and they were cassette tapes. And the you know, song... You've all seen them recently. As I'm reading, as I start reading the first part of this story, the song by R.E.M. comes on in my ears. <laughs> You can't get there from there. It was the weirdest thing ever. Anyway, I thought I'd show that. Serendipity just follows you it around. It does. Did you happen to see that the um, prices on those Walkmans have jumped? <laughs> Not surprised. I mean, he, this is one of the... Now, despite the fact that it's a set player... Used. <laughs> yeah, no lie. They've apparently held their value. Like, they came out, they were like $199 new at the time. And if you were to have bought one... Prior to Guardians coming out, they were like two hundred and twenty. So with inflation for, for, for a cassette player, yeah. So any Walkman's were great. Since Guardians has come out, that exact model is now selling on eBay for eight or nine hundred dollars a pop. <laughs> I wish I had one. And of those they're models. selling. It's not like people are just jacking the prices up, going, "Oh, you got a bit on." No, people are buying them for that. And the, the Sony people said, "We think it's cosplayers, but we're not sure." <laughs> Uh, Well, that's our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. If we have any listeners still around. Sean's road trip. (laughs) All right. I have long road trips, guys. I'm sorry. That's all right. Let's move into news. There's not a lot of news. Get that knocked out. We'll get some feedback knocked out real quick. We're going to keep anybody around. Switch tones and be a bit somber. Uh, We've lost a couple more people that have been on Who and worked on Who. Uh, Barry Summerford uh, just passed away, and he played a range of supporting characters, including the Vogon in Revenge of the Cybermen, Shreve in the Ribos Operation, and Foster in the Keeper of Trocket. 
as well as in playing a number of guards and uh, and soldiers over an eight-year period. So, oh, wow. Nameless people. And he was also a stormtrooper in Star Wars. Oh. We've also, unfortunately, lost Michael Hayes. He was a director and directed Androids of Tara, Armageddon Factor, and City of Death. Oh. Yes. So he got to helm the first location outside of the UK filmed episode. In Paris. Well, thoughts, and he prayers, exactly, and meditations do go out to their families and friends. He, he did exactly what you would expect going to Paris. He gave us a lot of beauty shots of the Eiffel Tower. Yep. <laughs> yep. Here we are running. Hey, the look, streets. there's a street in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> well, bummer. Well, and some not so unhappy news. Uh, they have really, BBC has announced the bonus features for the complete eight series, which in the U, this is the UK region two. Usually, the bonus features don't differ between the two, um, which comes out November seventeenth, one week after the finale airs. Wow, it's a quick That's turnaround! A very fast turnaround. To try so, to get the Christmas, yeah. Uh, which so unfortunately, we won't get the Christmas special that way. Will include the Ultimate Time Lord and Ultimate Companion. Those uh, features that they did with uh, Peter Davison leading up to Deep Breath. Which Earth- I think did re- air on BBC America. I, I believe that, that yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, Earth Quest, Earth Conquest, the 45-minute documentary about the world tour. Four exclusive audio commentaries. Uh, Doctor Who exclusive, which is four two-minute cast interviews. Doctor Who Extra, oh, all, okay. all ten of I was going to ask about that. I wasn't sure if they were doing And that. then the Deep Breath cinema panel. Which I thought was kind of neat. Oh, neat. Uh, the exclusive 30-minute feature recorded in London and uh, on August 23rd featuring Peter, Jenna, Stephen Moffat, and hosted by Zoe Ball. The one thing that everybody thought that they were going to get in the cinema events in the U- U.S. that we didn't. Yeah. So. so hopefully that comes over to the Region 1. I would think so. I would, I would two, two, two questions. Does it have and an episode have a, listing? Yes, it does. It has all the episodes. Is it's um, still robot of Sherwood. Sure, sure <laughs> that's a misprint. <laughs> I'm convinced of that. Uh, is the Christmas special prior to Deep Time Breath? Time of the on? Doctor? Yes. No. Uh, Starts with Deep Breath. I have to go buy that one separate. Yeah. Um, but we did but get, now I know I can. They also really well, yeah, although no, that. that's not even true because I still haven't. I still haven't given up hope that we'll get a. Uh, oh, what a cool box They've updated the I, I box saw that the which other is really day. a lot really of gears neat. and whatnot. The Cyberman had a dollar. I don't think I see. like Capaldi's face on that, though. Oh, I think it's, it's, it's right. nice that it's a different, slightly different pose. <laughs> yeah, well, he's still pointing, but... <laughs> and still has his arm back. He doesn't look but. like a magician there. Um, <laughs> no, I'm still holding out hope that the 50th anniversary box set will release in Region 1 with... Time of the Do- or a Name of the Doctor, Time of the Doctor, or a time of, Name of the Doctor, Day of the Doctor, Time of the Doctor. And Night of the Doctor, obviously, is on there as well. Did that one also include Adventure out. Space and Time? That was part of that, too. Yeah, I, I think it did, that's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Which is why I haven't and bought Adventure Space and Time yet. It's the reason I haven't bought any of those yet. All right, and then uh, what else? Some book news. Yes, they are going to reprint a bunch set for 2015. Um, How much of these are new A's? Or in a several BBC and Virgin novels from the '90s and 2000s okay. are going to be reprinted and kindled under the banner, the History Collection. Ooh, I like that. The History Collection. One of the I most like popular and most visible is Human Nature, written by Paul Cornell, which is a new adventure. 
So once again, uh, fellow listeners, we apologize that we were ahead of the curve when we reviewed Human Nature, <laughs> and all of a sudden it sh- disappeared from the website. Well, that's why. Now we because know why. Because oh, <laughs> it's got coming back should, out. Uh, <laughs> uh, so other novels slated to be reprinted include Sh- The Shadow in the Glass, starring The Sixth Doctor and The Brigadier. Ooh. Justin by Justin Richards and Stephen <gasps> Cole. Yeah. <laughs> that's exciting. A Morality Tale, Third Doctor and Sarah Jane by David Bishop. Isn't that the one you read? What was the Third Doctor story I you think read? that is the one that I read. I don't think... Maybe. Oh, no cover. I don't know. Uh, Wasn't that the one with gangsters that yeah, you read? that I didn't like terribly. I don't think that was Morality Tale. Maybe it was. Uh, also, The English Way of Death... Um, Our memories are so bad. Fourth Doctor <laughs> and Romana, and soon to be released as an audio adaptation by Big Finish. Oh, right. By right. Gareth Roberts. Right. Which one? I'm sorry, which one's that? That is The English Way of Death. Okay. Uh, that looks like it's going to be all of them. It is morality, a, a morality a, tale, is the one I've read. Yeah. It's not a. Morality tale. It's That's all one word. Amorality, amorality which okay. is kind of a clever play on it. Yeah. Why would they reprint that one? Mm. Uh, they were trying some to people might have liked it. Yeah. Well, they got a. Those people are wrong. <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, we'll see a, what happens. Well, there's, there's a, there's a yeah, three, four, reviews. six, and seven. I'm surprised there's not a five in this collection. Maybe he didn't have it history based. Probably yeah. that's why they went through and found. Oh, uh, that's why because, because it's, it's all history. Okay, they're not cool. They're they're all even cooler. They're all historicals. Even cooler. I see what you did even there. Cooler. History, culture. which I was going to bring up that they were historicals. Then it would be even cooler of a title, and they are so. <laughs> awesome. I, at least I assume awesome that the English way the English way of death just sounds historical. Surely it is. So does the shadow in the glass. <clears throat> I don't know why, but it does. And that's right. it for news. Should we tackle some feedback? Yes. Feedback. He didn't have time to write a song. I looked at him as though there was hope, but there was no way he had time to write a song. He's been on the road for an entire week. No way he wrote a song. And that's just from St. Louis. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't write a song. All right. First up, Odd Duck Phil. Odd Duck Phil writes, comment, question, question, comment. I name you the indecipherable over the loud music and sound effects. (laughs) Those aliens were unique and scary. It's a shame we never may know. We may never know what the doctor actually called them. Hey, who peekins? Well, enough small talk. Talk and into my listo tangents. <laughs> Kill the moon. I tack on a great despicable me theme comment question line and none of you got it. The tenth, tenth doctor quote number one. What? So again, I really enjoyed this. One and thought it was an interesting look at this new incarnation and how he deals with people around him. And then I hear the whole moon equal, uh, is an egg metaphor. Tenth Doctor, oh, wait, quote wait, wait, number wait, wait, two. Wait, wait. You gotta read the you gotta read that other word in there. That one's kind of important. What the whole moon egg equals equals abortion, abortion metaphor. Abortion. That was the. Oh, I thought I said that one. Sorry. Tenth uh, Doctor, quote number two. What? I mean. Now that someone points it out, I can kind of see it. But it w- was it? 
But was it intentional? <laughs> I'm actually hoping <laughs> it was intentional given the feedback the episode has gotten along these lines. I feel bad for the writer if they were as shocked as I was to find out they'd crafted a pro-life message and not a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> Look, sometimes a giant space egg is just a giant space egg. <laughs> what was the Despicable Me reference? I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and find I'll have to go back and later. or listen to it because I don't have them. Uh, Mummy on the Orange Ex- Express. What that? This was a romp and a half. Great opening, creepy mummy, shocking death, and boom, we're in space. Why in space, Glenn? I don't know. Why do we hop in our cars and drive several miles to watch people act like it's the Renaissance, or go to amusement parks that do their best to make you feel like you're somewhere else? Because it's cool. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I like like everyone else. I thought this was a great pairing with "kill the potentially dicey metaphor." And did a great job of further revealing what's going on with Capaldi's doctor. I especially liked his line about mourning when there was no time to mourn. This doctor still cares, but he's rational. He saves who he can, but will eventually mourn those he can't. In his own way, and when time permits. He does this because he has to, not because he wants to. And Clara lying to the doctor and Danny. That won't come back to bite her in the... Three, flatline. <laughs> well, look at that. It did. Wow, by this time last season, I'd run into a couple episodes that weren't that weren't great. Not having that problem so far. Of course, your mileage may vary. Many TARDIS and the finger walking him out of harm's way had me rolling. Again, a really great concept for an alien threat. And Clara stepping up to be the doctor and pulling it off quite nicely, too. Shame that this is... This romp's going to leave her with some splaining to do with Danny. After uh, Holly and I finished laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing, we had to explain the Adams Family reference to Kate. <laughs> she didn't get it. <laughs> oh, the first one's on the first film's on Netflix, yeah. so you can introduce her to it. Yeah, introduced her to the series. Unfortunately, that, that doesn't film. count because the uh, the Adams Family movie thing the thing actually comes out of the box. Well, it was never yeah. in the box. Yeah. <laughs> but at least she gets an idea. I'd still introduce her to the series. Okay. I haven't seen all of the series. So. Oh! Shame on you. That's what you'd be I know doing enough. for Halloween. <laughs> is that on Netflix? It might be, since the first <laughs> movie is. I'll have to go look. Maybe that's, what I'll, maybe that's what I'll fill in my gaps between movies. There you go. Uh, four. Transformers and Sean's complete and utter ignorance. <laughs> People of the Vortex, please heed my words. Sean is a veritable space buffalo when it comes to the Transformers. He can't tell them apart from GoBots. You all heard him. It's true. <laughs> you didn't say that. And I agree that a robot that turns into a building is boring. Unless that building is a fortress or a space station. But a robot that turns into a car, plane, semi, or freaking dinosaur is awesome. Unless Michael Bay is involved. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a little backpedaling here. Okay. And a robot that can combine with other robots to make a giant robot is Golden Fez worthy. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot begin <laughs> to tell you the euphoria I felt when I finally got the sky got skydive and could merge the aerobots into Superion. And speaking of Michael Bay, he's not 
he's actually not the first to crush the dreams and hearts of Transformers fans. While I now own it and enjoy rewatching the original Transformers animated movie, its true purpose was basically to kill off the entire Generation 1 line so that the cartoon could focus on new toys for kids to buy. Yep. That was so much better than anything Michael Bay's given us. <laughs> Familiar faces drop like flies in the first 15 minutes. Ironhide clawing at Megatron's leg, merely earning him a point shot blank to the head. Optimus Prime succumbing to his wounds and passing on the matrix of leadership. Looking back, this was all awesome. At the time, it was horrific. And I sat sobbing along with a tearful of theater full of 9 and 10 year old boys. In closing... I like G.I. Joe, and I won't say an unkind word about it, but there was a refrigerator Perry figure complete with a metal spiked football on a chain as his weapon, whereas people out there... I forgot about that. <laughs> whereas people out there have made a TARDIS Transformer complete with a Sonic and bow tie. Sean's argument equals invalid. I forgot about the refrigerator Perry action figure. We don't talk about him. <laughs> Old, or sorry, odd. Stan Bush's "The Touch" is the greatest song used in a movie ever. Phil. <laughs> P.S. Peter Cullen needs to do a voice. Uh, a voice needs to voice a Doctor Who alien or robot. I would concur with that. Eeyore needs to be a Doctor Who alien or robot. So I forgot who was Eeyore too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I always like to point that out every chance in the I get. Winnie the Pooh movie. Not in the, the movie. One. Yeah. The original proper Eeyore. Um, he was in the Mini Adventures. Phil, I'm going to give you a thousand points for bringing back the Golden Fez. <laughs> <laughs> that goes wait, way that was, back. That was, that was, was that even us? Or we, we did Golden Bowtie. Golden Bowtie, yeah. I think he just did we I change think it to he fez? just one-upped us. The Golden Fez is what was one of <laughs> We might have upgraded it when we got to the... Uh, Fizz. Whether you brought it out of the closet or or, or, or one up to a thousand points for that, yeah. um, I will say nothing of Refrigerator Perry, <laughs> <laughs> other than to comment that I felt like maybe I can't berate you Transformers fans too much because I do like GI Joe, and tra- <laughs> unfortunately, Refrigerator Perry's action figure was a part of that. Um, so I get the impression Phil is a more of a fan of the. Proper Transformers, not oh, yeah. Transformers. Phil has been trying to get me to watch the Transformers series for years. So I, I, I can culminating I can with Beast Wars. Liking the series and all of that, it's the Michael Bay stuff that I don't grasp the idea of. Yeah, he's enjoy. been trying because he, he keeps telling me that Beast Wars is one of the greatest watched, examples of storytelling ever. I watched like, some I of Beast Wars and it was really good. I'd have to get through the other four seasons to get to that. And I just <laughs> don't have the strength. <laughs> I just don't care enough. You know when I watched Transform when I first started watching Transformers series? When it was broken up on the Bozo show. <laughs> the honest God truth. At WGN in Chicago. We used to get it on cable down where I came from. And every morning you'd get up in the morning and watch the Bozo show. And it was essentially for Bozo's Grand Prize game. Anybody that knows that will remember that kids threw a ping pong ball into buckets down a line. It was the greatest part of the entire show. The second greatest part of the show was they showed a they showed pieces, basically serialized each episode on the Bozo show. And sometimes they even serialized the episodes before you even got to see them in full on WGN later in the afternoon. So you would see the first ten minutes of the Transformers episode. The next day, you would see the next ten minutes of the Transformers episode. 
So huh. it was that's how I was introduced to Transformers as a kid. So he was teaching. I'm kids just full of nuggets from my youth. You you always, wow. su- always surprising. <laughs> I'm just well tonight, especially it's all heavy. I'm just nostalgic tonight, I guess. And I, I will not say anything bad about Stan Bush's "The Touch." That is the greatest song <laughs> ever used in a movie ever, with the possible exception of "Flash" by Flash, a Queen in Flash Gordon. But uh, <laughs> I don't think that was purposeful, though. Yeah. Well, this was too. But. I, I, you know, I, the, the, the animated Transformers movie it also features Weird Al Yankovic's Dare to Be Stupid. <laughs> now it's in, in reference to the Dinobots a, in quite a strange, <laughs> yeah, montage. But. <laughs> Up next in feedback is Lisa. Lisa writes, comment question. Hello, fellow travelers in the vortex. Writing discuss the Dr. Clara show. Apparently, Mummy on the Orient Express was the exception this series. It had the doctor in it. I like the lone doctor talking to himself out loud as he figures out the problem. More of that, please. Glenn, the anti-Lisa. <laughs> I'm beginning to think you might... I'm beginning to think you might just be cut glass. So I've been downgraded from a semi-precious stone to cut glass. <laughs> Great. You really know how to stroke the ego. <laughs> the reason I've been calling it postmodern who is because it seems to be variations on past stories, themes, or ideas. I want new things, like maybe the companion decides they like the master more than the doctor. The product placement I find overwhelming in Doctor Who is Doctor Who. I fully expected Clara to be in a TARDIS robe, which she would then take off when she turns up in silk pajamas. Sigh. I don't expect the men who watch the show to notice the complete objectification of Clara, but I have. How could you not notice the super short collets she was wearing when she was teaching in Caretaker? And she got up a chair in them. Why did they not show one of the students doing an upskirt shot is beyond me. Oh, yeah, they were already doing a sort of upskirt shot. Going back to product placement, I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> okay. If, 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 we're, if, we're, if we're talking the, the um, I don't know what the proper word is that I'd be looking for, the monetization or the packaging of Doctor Who in general, the fact that we have Doctor Who Risk and Yahtzee and no, TARDIS bathrobes and, and that kind of stuff. I kind of agree. It's strange how much it's out there now compared to that. But I don't get that necessarily from, it's from, we've from, never had from the show itself. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't get Here's it from within the show. Here, product placement is putting jelly babies in a cigarette case to sell jelly babies. That's product placement. Now, did they do that? No, because it would have been film a particular brand the... of Jelly Babies. But that's product placement. If it was Bassett's is... Jelly Babies, it would be product placement. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, it, the, it that's, specify, that's not product so. placement. Um. Now, will they get to that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're not there yet, though. We're not there yet. They dress her up like a doll. Next, she will be in a kimono. Sigh. I don't care how much doctoring she does. She is just the eye candy for the dads, as they say. I would not go on about this, but their first episode was about how women should like men for their looks or like likable men. Claire, okay, one more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to really be the anti-Lisa this week. I, I appreciate her concerns over the series. Doctor Who has always objectified women in both the classic and the new. 
I don't know that it's more so in this series. So to heap that on top of complaints with the series almost seems unfair. Um, the other complaints completely warranted. And does the fact that they're objectifying women make it all right? No. And the fact that they've done it fast make it all right? No. But I think that's kind of unfair to heap that on top of similar complaints about other things because... It could just be an instance of it's, where, uh, where you're enjoying everything else, you can overlook that part. But when you're not enjoying everything, that just adds to the adds pile to the that pile. you're not liking. Perhaps. I, I can see it both ways. I mean, obviously, I don't think Clara has been objectified, certainly not as much as Leela. Or Perry. You know, or, or Perry. Perry. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to, let's put this out there and package that, I think there have been some examples of some outfits that, so no, okay, but here's the problem: is maybe questionable, okay. but at the same time, for every one of those but that I think maybe Doc- skirts that line, there have been plenty of others where she showed up in an ugly sweater. Yeah, but, so. but, <laughs> just, but the, Doctor Who has objectified women in more ways than just dress. So in in news and series, I would, I would have well, so. bigger issues with those ways than the dress. Yeah, ways. I mean, in, 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 in acting, in you know, just, and the, the way the that they're presented, the, the treatment of the character, and that kind of thing. So, not that it's okay. I'm not saying I qualify the idea of doing that. I'm just saying it seems a little unfair to pile that on top of other concerns. But maybe you're right, though. Maybe you, that's just that's, strong. That's just, yeah, and just another thing of what she mm-hmm. doesn't like. Clara has been wet in two episodes, and yet we make up her hair and makeup perfect. No helmet hair for Claire and Kill the Moon. I missed her getting out of brush and doing her hair, I suppose. She has been seen. She has been sweaty and panting, lying down in close-up, dressed up as a princess, and man, she was out cleavaging River in the last episode. Boobs, bareback, and bob. Men must be loving this series. Sigh. Maybe we'll all get naked, who? It is a trend. <laughs> that was back in, uh, yeah. The doctor was naked. Yeah. Back to product placement. Twelve was the Peter Cushing Doctor in Mummy on the Orient Express. Interesting. I never really got Peter Cushing from it. I got First Doctor from it. I'll tell you, it's the, funny. A lot tie, of people were saying Third Doctor. Well, that's just it. A lot of people were saying First and Third Doctor, and my first thought was not until I started reading that week that everybody started pointing that out. My first thought was no, it was Period Doctor. He yeah. was dressed as a Period. That's what I thought. It too. wasn't a callback to Hartnell. It wasn't a callback to um, Cushing. It wasn't a callback to uh, Pertwee. It was. He was dressed for the period. Well, no, I agree with that, but I like the fact that we went because, with very few exceptions, well, people the said doctor the tie is very similar because to her. Yeah. With that's very what, few exceptions, mostly. the doctor doesn't really bother to dress for the period. A couple of notable exceptions would be Tom Baker donning the the dear uh, the, the, the the Sherlock Holmes outfit yeah. for yeah. Um, Talons and. Um, Well, that's about it. Well, Peter Davison put on the uh, Harlequin costume for <laughs> the costume party. Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> and I suppose Colin Baker wore the blue robe when he was on the planet of oh, we have the blue thing going on. Yeah, the Dalek's <laughs> the story. Yeah, you know, but yeah, just I. So I didn't take it necessarily as hey, uh, the first Doctor dressed in uh, Western gear for he the put on okay. A hat. I'll, 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 he put on a hat. I'll give you that one, <laughs> but just. I thought it was more of a callback than necessarily oh, dressing the for the period. I didn't think so. Oh, the Romans. They I'll give, I'll give you they, the Romans. They, 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 the, weren't, uh, they wore togas. <laughs> yeah. They did, they, I think they changed the outfit a bit more in the first Doctor's era than later. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, The last scene with Clara on the beach was straight out of Battlefield, including the Doctor explaining why he had to manipulate the Companion. It's fine if there's a story or plot, but this series has just been all themes. This series has just been all themes. Clara's story arc and character development, I keep falling asleep. If you get the chance, watch the show with surround sound. It's like the difference between HD and standard definition. Standard definition almost looks blurry next to HD. I will have to save her sound system once I pay off the cat. Girl cat had cancer, so I had to take care of her. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Lisa. Any comments on the observation that those on- that only those killed by robots are going to heaven? That would indicate the clockwork robot in Deep Breath jumped. Hmm. Only those killed by robots. So we had we had Missy in Deep Breath, but that would indicate the clockwork robot jumped. Unless the Doctor is a robot. <laughs> I'll let people stew over that. <laughs> we had Into the Dalek, Killed by a Robot, Missy showed up. Yeah, Killed by Antibodies, but I suppose that's robotic. They're robotic. We didn't get her in, in Sherwood. Right. We didn't get her in Listen. Right. Did we get her in Time Heist? No. Because no one died. No one died. Aside uh, from the old lady. Was after that. I don't remember. Caretaker. Now. Caretaker. Uh, caretaker. Yeah, it was the security guard or the. Uh, no, he wasn't a security guard. He was a police officer. Killed by the. Killed by robot. Killed by the robot. Yeah. Hmm. That was it. That's all we've got. That's all we've That's seen. That's all the kills. Yeah. Or the, all the people that have shown up. And all the people that have shown up. Interesting. Although there was the scene in this one where when it went white, I thought they were going that direction when the one dude died. Oh, we see Missy at the end, too. So. We do see yeah. her, but yeah, there's no but indication of. There's no processing scene. <laughs> right. Interesting idea there, Lisa. Well, I guess we'll have to see how that one we'll plays to, out. Yeah, definitely have to see how that plays out. But it out. would indicate maybe that the droid, that the robot trumped. Or maybe Missy's the robot devil. <laughs> <laughs> A Futurama joke for you. Uh, da, 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 da. As an entitled Doctor Who podcast fan, I demand or request a Traveling the Vortex lanyard. Working in the city recently and lost part of my lanyard, and I would like to replace it with one that's equally unique. Lisa, you will be first on the list if we, in fact, ever get <laughs> Traveling the Vortex lanyards made. That would be cool. I wonder if we can do that through Spreadshirt. I looked. We can't. No. Aww. We'll have to see if we can go somewhere else. We will, we will put that on the burner. I mean, it's not necessarily a back burner. It's not a front no. burner. It's just on a burner somewhere. That's a really good idea, Lisa. I, I would wear a traveling oh, vortex yeah. lanyard to work. Heck yeah. Happy harvest time, everyone. Lisa. And as always, thank you for your comments, Lisa. Yep. I'm glad there was something you did like. Of course. About the run so far. My comments this week, I'll probably next week be a rock. <laughs> cool. An unpolished rock. I got a rock. It'll be, it'll be like, it'll be perfect. It'll be time for, time for Charlie Brown. <laughs> Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, I got a sucker. Oh, I got a, I got uh, a piece, of, piece of chocolate. Oh, I, I got, got a rock. rock. <laughs> Up next in feedback is Chrissy. Chrissy writes, Tiny Tardis and Paper People. Dear Vortex Boys, I'm just going to go ahead and say that Paper People is a much better name than the Boneless for these creatures. Not to toot on my own horn or anything, but that was pretty good, wasn't it? (laughs) Yes, it was, Chris. Flatline. Yet another episode of Doctor Who that I really liked. 
And I feel like I've been saying the phrase character study and character development over and over this season, but that's exactly what we've been getting. Only this time it came wrapped in the incredible shrinking TARDIS and creatures in the wall eating people. And this time it was Clara showing the Doctor what he's really like rather than the Doctor inspiring Clara to be her best self, which he's done for pretty much all of his companions. In a subtle way, Flatline returned to the Doctor's overarching question of, am I a good man? Without really advertising, that's what the story was doing. When the Doctor is kept out of the action, he has to pass his authority along with, along with his sonic and psychic paper over to Clara so she can save the day. And she does it exactly the way that she's seen him do it. And the Doctor almost doesn't seem like, or doesn't, excuse me, doesn't seem to like what he sees. Clara is quite cold and ruthless at times, even when she's trying to stop Rigsy from driving the train into the paper people. Yes, she saves him, but it's not that, it's not the way that Clara usually does it. It'll be interesting to see how this unfolds, especially since Missy seems so pleased with what Clara's doing. Whatever that's supposed to be about. Also, the entire premise of the episode was extremely creative. We could have had an episode about the TARDIS shrinking, and that could have been all that the story dealt with. We also have had an episode about creatures that live in two dimensions, but for whatever reason, they decided to mix the two. They decided to mix the two, and it turned out to be a really great episode. I stand by my comments last week. Jamie Matheson needs to write more Doctor Who. And I want a tiny TARDIS that I can stick my hand out of and have it walk around like Thing from the Addams Family just to do... Or That was just too good. That's all from me this week. I'll talk to you soon. Chrissy. P.S. Good choice for on Friday Night Who... Oh, excuse me. Good choice on the Friday Night Who selection for this one, by the way. In your heads, you can now imagine the scene from Ghostbusters where Janine stands at her desk and triumphantly announces, We got! <laughs> and rings the bell. <laughs> yep, got one right. <laughs> Although I've seen things that there's another one that we could have done, but we haven't reviewed it yet. Planet of the Giants. Nope, no, we, we reviewed that one. We did that one. Which one? Legopolis. Sh- shrinking, yeah. shrinking yeah. TARDIS. Yep. Yeah. The TARDIS didn't shrink, but spoilers. <laughs> But yes. Thank you, Chrissy. Up next is Holly. Holly writes 199 Flatline. Hey guys, enjoyed the last two podcasts. I'll briefly give my thoughts on those two episodes before launching into my thoughts on this week's episode Kill the Moon. The Moon is an egg. Enough said. <laughs> Mummy on the Orange Express. Wow, I really like this one. The whole thing with the jelly babies and the cigarette holder had me grinning from ear to ear. I love the remake of Queen's Don't Stop Me Now. Plus, the music video for it is great as well. I was holding my breath for a little bit near the end of the episode, wondering if we were going to get a reappearance of Missy. I'm always wondering when she's going to show up. We'll be happy when we finally get to find out exactly who she is and what, why she is so gaga over the Doctor. Flatline. I like this episode. We finally get the shrinking TARDIS. I can still remember when the set pictures came out on the internet. Loved Clara pretending that she was the Doctor at first, and the Doctor telling her what to do through an earpiece. Danny seemed to take things in stride when he was on the phone with Clara, and hearing all those noises. The end scene with Missy 
really has me wondering what the heck is going on and who she is and how she's connected to Clara. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. Thank you. Well, shall we move on to our reviews? Yes, please. No. Separated from the Doctor, Clara discovers the new menace from another dimension. But how do you hide when even the walls are no protection? That's it. That's what I got. I don't know if it's the official, but that's the one that uh, I have. Well, I'm going to give that synopsis the horn. But I'm going to give the episode a dun-dun-dun! Because I really, really like this one. Glenn is disapproving. Uh, <laughs> I, Keith, what would you think? I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. It was... It was fine. <laughs> there, there's been a lot of episodes... Of, some episodes this season that have felt reminiscent of others. Of, of other eras. Like, last week's kind of felt like it could have been kind of a fourth Doctor story. This one felt like it should have been an, or could have been an eighth Doctor story to me, with this I, the, the high-minded idea of these creatures would utilize well, pretty decently on audio. They could have worked it, or it's something they would have oh, tried I see to what do. You're saying. And okay, it, and and having, because you can do it on audio, yeah, because yeah. it's hard to visually realize it. And having the Doctor kind of tucked away, and having Charlie have to do this, I could totally imagine also. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that, I, that but that, now that you say well, that, you're right. It, I could totally see this as a nice stuff wow, for this story. Could be totally, yeah. And so the fact that aspect of it, even if I bring it myself, made me enjoy the episode more. <laughs> even if it's not intentional, but it, I just it was one of the more lighthearted ones I think we've had because even. With the seriousness of it, there was I laughed in the high death count. And the high death count, there I laughed a lot in this story, even like Hopefully more than not at the high death. Count. Not at high death. Count. Okay, it's but always I, funny when people die in Doctor Who. Yeah. Just, How I they laugh come up with it? Laugh, Daleks exterminating people, and they go green, and I laugh <laughs> and laugh. It's just it was just such a well done and well crafted story that, and even as it got to started going. And we started going down the road of, well, they're just trying to communicate. They don't know we're killing us, and they're just trying to reach out, and they're just trying to say hello. We don't know what their motivations <laughs> are. And then the, at, by the end, the doctor's like, no, they know. They're killing us, and I must stop them. It was such a great – it was almost a 11th-hour rooftop scene for Peter Capaldi. It was kind of – to me, it felt like his – big declaration of this world is defended yeah. that we got with tenant that we got with 11 that now we have with 12 it's kind of it definitely felt like it's called it's kind of cool that it, even if we don't stick with kind of the tone between these last week and this week are kind of similar um even if we don't stick with this tone it's kind of nice that we've done this and given him that moment, so now we can go off and do other things. Well, we're, we're trending now towards the more heroic Doctor. Yes. And, and, and that's refreshing to see. After eight episodes, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you were really enjoying the, the, the other stuff. So does the going back to the heroic... No, 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 because no, because it needs to go there. I, I don't want you to misunderstand what I said last week, because what I was alluding to was is that 
the doctor is the, the story is stretching the bounds of traditional Doctor Who storytelling, which I like. I don't want a, an evil doctor. I don't want. I don't even want a really super rude doctor like we have gotten in some episodes. But what I don't want is people. Here's here's the problem with people feeling secure and the, and the series feeling like it needs to continue to, to to pander to people so that they feel like oh this is this is the doctor I know. The problem with doing that is the people that are disliking it. And then suddenly you do that. It almost does a disservice to somebody because suddenly they're like, oh, I'm not liking this. I'm not liking this. I should step away. Oh, here we go. This is okay. You know? And so oh, – and, yeah. and I, I, I'm not trying to say that Doctor Who needs to drive anybody away. It shouldn't because I, I as much like the heroic Doctor. I like the Doctor who's a little more sure of what he's doing. I like the Doctor who's not as rude as, as – the eighth doctor is doing but i kind of like the evolution of the series of we're doing just a little something a little different yeah so let's not go back to the norm just to placate people let's go back to the norm because it's part of an overarching story and it's which, really good storytelling and, and which, which is I, now geez. coupling this one and last week's story now it starts to feel like we are doing that we're we're kind of coming to the conclusion of our story arc and that's what yeah. what's where we're headed because we only have three episodes left and and really only two stories because we've got another standalone and then a two-parter yeah and so what what i was a little hesitant of last week and i didn't want to make it sound like I didn't want to go back to the norm. I just didn't want it to feel like it was dropped in the middle so that we like were – Like they gave up on what they yeah, were doing. Yeah, so like we were placating people and saying, well, it's not working, so let's just go back and, and, and we'll do the cookie-cutter style. I don't think it was cookie-cutter, but I mean that's I'm, I'm making a, an exaggeration for a point. So now looking at this one together with last week, it really feels like we're just kind of – we're curving that arch downward now yeah. uh, back into what we're more familiar with. And I'm okay with that as a gradual pull. I just didn't – I was a little afraid. And I was, that's why I said I was just a little off last week about that because that was bothering me a little bit that we had just dropped it in there to make it make it as a safety net for a lot of people to say, hey, don't go away yet. We'll, we'll have a few of these. No, but if we're going to go back to Heroic Doctor, let's do it in a gradual slide yeah. make it part of the story arc as a whole. So I don't, I don't want you to misunderstand as okay. to where, where I was coming from last week. That makes more sense. Does then. this then make you feel a little bit better about that mummy uncertainness that you had with mummy, yeah, okay. absolutely, yeah. That this that this week certainly placated my concerns over pleasing fandom at the expense of a good storytelling this season, and and they they've done that by by doing these two episodes together. And I really like what they were doing in this story of the exploration with Clara being the Doctor and doing what she thinks the Doctor would do. And then his comment at the end of it, you were an excellent doctor, goodness had nothing to do with it, yeah. was yeah. such an impactful statement to me, at least, that it, I, I sat there kind of, wow. It was a little backhanded. It was a and, 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 oh, and, and, and it speaks to what, speaks to him, himself as a character and what he knows about himself, too. Well, and it's very meta still, because it, it's still kind of playing into... My concerns, too, I think a lot of fandom's concerns about what is this doctor's, you know, M.O. And, and what we're considering what defines him. And, the, you know, we're not quite settled with the, well, I, it's not that you're doing wrong. It's just maybe the way that you're doing it. And for him to kind of throw that at her was kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel properly chastised now. <laughs> but. 
I, I, I like the fact that they were still playing with that duality that the doctor was looking at a lot of this literally through her eyes and, and kind of seeing his behavior of late and, you know, all, all of the tropes of a Doctor Who episode are kind of laid bare and, and thrown out there. You know, rule one, use their, you know, well, and, and there was use the their bit, strengths against them. Use, the, you know, lie to people and motivate there, them there to do their the best. With the lie to them, make them feel better, give them hope. That when she said that, I thought, well, yeah, the Doctor would do that. But I don't know if 12 would. At the, so far in Peter's run, he hasn't really been one to lie to give hope. Well, the, the, that's... It, it goes, I think that's why. I think that was a whole purpose of this episode. I think it was a Chrissy that kind of pointed this out as well. I think it was the doctor learn, taking a step outside and looking at what he has been what recently, he's been doing. yeah, and how he's not very doctor-like. How he's not very much like himself for all of his incarnations, and so are based on you know just to go back to all, not just how eleven was, but how all of them. through the entire yeah. series, uh, all the, of them would give hope. To so I think that's that that's the point of the story, and I can appreciate and I like, that. I like, I like that, that aspect of it. And so I think that that's why we get the Clara Heavy, other than the fact that, by the way, this is the banked episode. This and last week's was banked. I, I don't know if that. you knew that. Uh, yeah. Clara, that's why she's not that That's why she's in trapped it. in that car right. for so long. And he's in the trapped in the TARDIS because these were being Which shot. Which is ironic that time. he wrote both of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I did not dislike this episode in any way. There was nothing about it I didn't um, like. But the, the, I, there's something... I, I guess I didn't think it was as good of storytelling as we've had. And I think maybe that's why I'm just kind of in the middle on it. Uh, as far as, as, as greatness. Um, it I, I, I like the fact that they kind of told the story that, that they put the they put Clara kind of in the Doctor's shoes. Um, less so that we needed more Clara because I don't think we did, but more when I realized that the, it was forcing the doctor to look at himself from the outside. Um, I, I appreciated that. And I thought that was clever. Um, I didn't like that. I, when I saw the concept of the 2d, the people, you know, the creatures being two dimensional and kind of trying to come over into the third dimension and, I kind of, I originally thought, wow, what a clever idea. That could be really, really well realized. And then when I saw it, it was, it just kind of fell flat for me. <laughs> <Pun> not intended. <laughs> it kind of fell flat for me because it didn't, I don't think it was realized well enough. I, just, I think it was, and well, not even I think it was the, well realized up to the point where they became 3D. Yeah, maybe so. Um, because, and I didn't, that, I, that, that's I didn't the point effect where they're kind of not good. as, Menacing when they're yeah. actually when walking. You can, you can the, actually the effect of them turning things flat. Because now you've sort of so got a more tangible thing to yeah. fight you when can, they're 3D. Can, in, in theory, shoot a um, gun at it and hopefully stop it. You but then know. The, the whole the, uh, the idea of when uh, the, the police constable disappears and then he realizes that it's a nervous system on the wall because she's been dissected because they're trying to figure out... It, it it didn't match in the sense that the one guy at the very beginning that we set it up is just like the stretched face on the border as it, which was a cool effect to have that stretched out, and not Playing realize what it was until and, they brought yeah. the aspect down and and did that sidewalk art thing that they do now in uh, 
the big cities where they'll draw something, and if you walked up on it or saw it from you know straight down, it, it just looks like this elongated mess. And then when you see it from a perspective angle, it actually looks like you know a three dimensional object, which is cool. So I liked the effect. But after we did that, and then we went to the the skin thing, and then the well, but but. It, uh, yeah, I guess I understand. I, yeah, I understand the. I, yeah, it was. It was. They were all totally different. But it just. It didn't feel. I thought it was the same guy's apartment. No, it was different. I think guy. This, the, the guy they went to that was the skin was supposed to be the first guy that disappeared. Because yeah. there had been so. They, they, they really didn't clarify. I think if they were different, I kind of assumed. Oh, watching okay. It. No, I get what you're saying. No, the the, the, the nervous guy. system on the wall was not. That's the cop. The cop. Oh, that was the cop. They were in the apartment of the other person who disappeared. Right. She was in a different room. Right. It's the same house. Right. It was the same yeah. house, but the, the the cop was sucked up by the carpet. Uh-huh. But the nervous system that was on the wall was the woman who owned the house who disappeared. No, it was, it was the cop. No, it wasn't the. Mo- it well, wasn't. I never saw where the woman anything from the woman on the wall that disappeared. Because it, it, oh, that's right. It was the earlier. Was already there when the cop right. Was in yeah. There. It was, yeah. Well, it was, either way, it doesn't make it. Make well, it, it does from the standpoint that they were dissecting early and now they're not. They, they've moved beyond well, obviously, the dissection. So the they first, weren't dissecting at this point. They were using because the cop was one of the thing, the shapes it was, right. it was taking. Yeah. Still, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's even still. It's even, it, since they didn't really give us that first guy that we see, we don't know how far along that yeah, was. It's true because you got to assume people, he was disappeared. the most re- recent. Yeah, yeah if you're, and so... Yeah. They're still because people had disappeared because he was saying I know who keep, it is. In fact, he sounded like he, he yeah. had figured out what was going on. Although I don't think he did, but he had kind of figured it out. And was calling the police to let him know, and then it got him. Um, okay, well then no, that, that that makes sense. It doesn't make it any better, but it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never under I never quite understood the the people in the tunnel. What was that about? The mural. Were those the real people, or was, it, was it somebody painted and then they took over the? I think they took over the painting. Okay, and they were all turned away because they were but, missing. So that was probably an artistic choice. I didn't understand. Or, or, or why or, was this? Why I, was I, it? Did you think they I were thought actually? they were the real people because they they, they make the, they make kind of a show about the idea that who painted this or did they just show up one? Yeah, day? they did, didn't they? Or was it the real people or? What? I think it was more of... How many people have gone missing? Maybe Obviously, people that were dissected lot. weren't on that mural. And well, I, th- I think it wasn't them, literally them. I think it was these beings using their form Yeah. Okay. as a representation. Okay, that, so it literally that, that wasn't the sense. person. It was these beings. Okay, from a storytelling aspect, that wasn't clear enough. Why was the TARDIS shrinking? I, that's what I didn't understand. I know there was a dimensional destabilability dis, dis, because a, of the fact that they were two-dimensional. He gave a pseudoscience the, the line of they were trying to suck the dimensions out to become three. Yeah, yeah that didn't that's work. What, that's, it didn't work that's for me. Did. So suddenly, I like the aspect of a shrinking TARDIS. And as Chrissy alluded to the fact that they took both elements and put them together and made it interesting, it didn't because it would, to me it felt forced. And I almost would it have felt liked like a to reason seen, to get the doctor out of the story. It, well, and it was. Well, we can honestly say that it was because it was Doctor Light. <laughs> well, but, that's why they shrunk it, right? But here's the thing: is the TARDIS is shrinking. I'm fascinated by that. Wow, this is cool. What what happens when this gets down to a size where he can't open the door? You know, and so it's 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 out. doing this, and I'm like totally fascinated by this. But we've got this other second story going on. This other, and and so now I'm having to be split. My attention split between. Two things happening just to force the doctor out of it. I didn't enjoy that. I didn't think that was... I would have rather had a story 
where we were focusing on why is the TARDIS shrinking and we've got to fix this problem, which it turns out to be, but the outside force becomes another story all to its own in order to create a vehicle for Clara in order to, again, I like the idea that they used her in order for the Doctor to kind of step outside and see how he acts or, or what he does from a, a, a viewer perspective, but or, uh, a second party perspective, but it just it, it it felt like they didn't connect well. That was another problem I had with it. Um, I liked the kid. Uh, what was his name? Rigsby. 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 I liked him. He was cool. That was that was a neat ad, especially that he was a graffiti artist and yeah. that it, it connected him to the story really well. And almost uh, another companion tryout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that impression too. The train was neat. Um, uh, the- <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, there was a tweet that somebody sent out that said, okay, I love the fact that they worked in the A1332, uh, whatever it is, reference. Have you guys seen this? 5032, is it? Well, the first one's a different one. 22. There's 22 in it. The, the, yeah, the animation one. The animation room one. Because yeah. even I picked up on that one. Oh, hey, I get the... I have to agree, though. I thought the animation of the train itself was a little subpar. It looked like a really bad animated train. Oh, <laughs> I didn't notice. It's like you couldn't have gone down um, and just shot Subway. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah okay. I was okay with it. I just watched Pitch Black. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it wasn't a bad episode. It just it it. It wasn't as good as anything we've been seeing. Lately, I disagree. So. I, I I think I agree with Chrissy. I would like I would love to have Jamie Matheson come back oh, as, as a regular because he gets Doctor Who. I do uh, think Mummy was stronger of a story from him. Certainly, I totally. Agree but I that. wonder how much of that is the fact that we've hitched Mummy to kill the moon, and that they feel like they're no. I think even standalone, just the mummy aspect of the story, I thought was solid. See, I thought I as a sci-fi concept of this two-dimensional, like you, you know, pointed out, this could have been a Star story or conceptually a that was amazing. It was a really cool concept, and it's not something that I'm aware of that's been done, you know, dimensionally. I was excited I, for it. It just didn't pay off. I, I like the fact that you know, and and we, we, it all ties into the you know the doctor's comment about we we invented the, the dimensional things, kind of our thing. How come I haven't figured this out yet? And I like the fact that we're okay working with this. It's a good moment. I like the shrinking that. TARDIS was great because it's not something that we normally get that well, at least in in, 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 in the way that too. it's done here. That he realizes that this is a you know becoming a bigger deal that. It's not just the fact, that, and I, and I love the comment that you know when he turns to her, he says, "Can't you just let me have my moment of not knowing something?" <laughs> you know, this is kind of a, a big deal, and she's like, "Okay, I'm willing to play along with this." And why like, why do you go back in the TARDIS? Why would you do that? You just told her it could be dangerous. It could be this, and then he climbed back and was like, "Oh, this is going to end badly for you, isn't it?" <laughs> and it did, and it kept being smaller, smaller, smaller. I like the fact that the, the visuals of him. Looking out and reaching his hand, and that was well, that was yeah. I liked it. And and passing everything back yeah. and forth, and the sledgehammer, <laughs> sledgehammer coming out of the first, very Mary Poppins moment there. <laughs> I, I liked the the, the Sherlock esque ness of the locked room mystery that we you know confronted that yeah. and kind yeah. of you know I thought that was really cool and well done. Um, you know the, the the mystery of the people disappearing. I'll agree with you that maybe it wasn't as fleshed out as it could have been. But really, as with so many Doctor Who episodes, the missing people is immaterial other than to set up the threat of the alien. 
and that's really what we're what we're going after here is let's set these people up. And I thought that was really cool. But it, the, the, I think the problem that I, that I had though is I didn't have a good solid foundation of the threat of the alien, and it's just oh. the fact that it can make things two dimensional because that's the realm it lives in, and it's trying to come over into this dimension. So. And that's why it was, you know, yeah. sucking all the energy out of the TARDIS. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> Bought it. Kind of subpar. <laughs> Moon is an egg, man. Subpar for me. <laughs> just, I was right there with it. I, I like the fact that, you know, I, I love the doctor's comment, too, but one of those things, things that you don't think about. When she says it's lighter, and he goes, well, it's always lighter, because if it landed, you know, it would... With its full weight, it would crack the <laughs> earth. It was just like, huh, never thought of that before. <laughs> so not only is it bigger on the inside, it also has to weigh less. Cool. And that explains why That's everybody cool. in the universe, and the Doctor Who history, has picked <laughs> the thing up, and we've thrown it on the back of trucks, and we've moved, put it on carts, and it's some Marco Polo is rolling her. What does this thing weigh? Okay, you solved. All of that went away with this episode. It was just like, that's cool. That was good. I like that. Um, I like I liked Riggsy. I thought he was cool. Um, I, I liked... It was it was really a nice tie-in that not only was he this graffiti artist, but that those skills are what wound up saving yeah. the day at the end. That I was, loved how that, that was worked in I liked it. Um, not in the way I that I thought. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it seemed crafted quickly, but you have to kind of do that for a, a forty-five minute episode. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was really cool was when the doctor shuts the just as it's you know about to be crushed by the train, he shuts it down into what do you call it? Um, siege mode. Siege yeah. mode. And it turned into this block, <laughs> which I it looked I, a lot like the uh, Pandora. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Caitlin said the same thing. But I presume that's kind of maybe a varied look of what a TARDIS looks without the without circuit. yeah command yeah. circuit on, but but in a different, slightly different form armored, because we we armored have form armored form. form. There you go. Yeah. Because we've seen obviously seen the TARDISes without the command yeah. circuit on. Um, I liked that, and I even liked, and this is this is why the two sort of had to connect as well. It was the the, the means to justify the ends. The idea of putting it on the make, making the false store, putting it on the other side, and sending that energy back into the TARDIS—that was cool. Yeah. That was clever. I liked that. That was neat. Well, I wondered for a minute if she was going to attempt to pull a a, a wily e. coyote <laughs> kind of. <laughs> We're going to paint the flat mural on the wall right, right. and then give it the three dimensional effect. And I, 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 my my brain started racing. It's like, what is she doing? Is she making a generator? I want you to pay a nuclear power plant, and then we'll put the TARDIS and hook it up yeah. and do it. And you know, is she going to do? And and it's like, but she, you know, we're, well, just they, a door. They you, thought they had to make you, the three dimensional <laughs> get through now since they were three dimensional. You, you can't do that because it wasn't this way to begin with. Yeah. Uh, that was clever. Okay, was clever. cool. Yeah. You know, I just I, I liked that yeah, a lot. The, I thought as it was the really poster cool. fell off the wall when they were kind of making the realization. Um, that was cool. I liked that part. I liked the way it was shot, once again. I, I think all of the directing, I think, has been really strong this See, season. See, and I, that was another problem I had with it, is is it seemed boring. And I don't, I don't I'm, I'm being exaggeratory here now again, but I don't think it was shot well. It wasn't shot in a compelling way. Um, I don't want to make it sound like there wasn't action going on, because there was a lot of suspense. Um, and the scene where they get in the little 
uh, <laughs> not floating chair, but the hanging the, chair, the egg chair, and the egg chair, and crash it through the window was was neat. I liked that; it was clever. Um, but there, there was never seemed to be a lot going on except for us running from the from the bad guys. And so I, I found myself getting a little bit okay. Let's move on. Let's get this done with. And 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 so that was another thing that I didn't think that it was. It wasn't very compelling, in, in the I mean, because when you're crafting a story where there's just a lot of running and a very little action, you really do have to get clever and creative with uh, the way that you uh, present this as a director. And I really felt kind of like it was just we were going through the motions for much of it, and that's just me. Hmm. But I, I think where the director is solid is the realization of these creatures in their two-dimensional form. The, the framing of the shots and the running, are just, it kind of degrades to that as kind of the once they become three dimensional, they don't look as cool. Well, see, it's, I, it's the re- how they how he realized the two D creatures and threats. Yeah, I, I don't know. Was, I looked, I looked like well done. He looked like cartoons on the wall. The only thing that I really liked was when the train transforms. Into see, that the, was the one that, time I was kind of like, eh. see, I, when the train when they cut that, to the, it, and the train this, is just. Her, the picture her, on the wall, I went, oh, that, that see, was See, I was much more impressed by the police officer becoming two-dimensional and shrinking into that the was a, That was okay. Uh, that was a good effect. That was a good effect. But the people turning and, on and the wall. The, it's just people well, turning yeah, on the wall. But the one guy who you think is three-dimensional with the perspective and the, the uh, when they're down in the trains, and then you turn and you see him as he's actually 2D, no, cool. that was really well done. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was cool. Um yeah, I already said that was me. <laughs> I also liked the. Um, oh, what did you, you just said it? Um, oh, the, the, the three dimensional beings. I was with you that initially, my my first gut reaction was, oh, don't let them be three D yet, because I'm having way too much fun with them as the two dimensional creatures that can be in the walls or the floor or the ceiling. Or, it was just that was a much greater threat level it seemed yeah once they came out there was a momentary ah but i liked that it was done in such a way that it felt like a zombie movie that we've got these lumbering things that are just this omni you know present for and the fact that they kind of flickered in and out is like eh, okay that's just how they're realizing it. but I, I i liked the fact that it's kind of switched gears and became a little more standard of a, a, a villain that at least now you kind of felt like you've got to... I think in a way you almost had to do that because how do you fight something that's two-dimensional? Yeah. I mean, yeah. How, where, where, well, yeah, where, yeah. where do you where do you go? What do you do? And one, once you get the scene with them <coughs> in the egg chair... One word. Dip. <laughs> once, once you get the scene with them in the egg chair... That's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Judge Doom for what we need. Dip. Um, but once you get to that, and we're in a room that you could be, uh, okay, so where do you go to ratchet that tension up? You've already trapped them in a room that they could be anywhere and escaped. So anything beyond that is going to be a repeat of that same sequence. That you know, even when they went into the warehouse, I was like, "You just came out of a room. What are you doing? <laughs> That's not going to help you. You know, closing and locking the door is not going to have an effect here." Um, so I think you had to up the ante, if you will, and create a new threat, and by going to 3D and dealing with the shifting door patterns of things being flattened and then coming back out, it, it gave that added element of, okay, this is where you you, you know, you kind of have to go with that. What I didn't like were that they were lumbering and zombie-like. 
what I did like about it was the they appeared to struggle to retain their form. I was, that, well, that was and, and that's that's why I was okay with them lumbering because from a from a science rationale that if you've suddenly gained another dimension, like you're not going to be able to move fluidly through it. You're going yeah. to you're going to be straight. And, and this this is bringing up what you said. I can now hear the eighth doctor giving me a line about. Well, they haven't quite got the hang of this yet, have they? With the, you know, the third, you know, I, just, I, I thought it was a really cool. I was just mesmerized by. It. I thought it was a really cool story. I really, really I don't want anybody. I, nobody, please don't town called mercy this on me. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't hate this story. I didn't, I, it was it was fine. It just it, uh, to me, it didn't feel like it was on the level of some of the storytelling we've done this year. That's it. That's simply all it is. I mean, because it's just coming were, on the heels. As of, I have said, there were a lot of good things, and as you guys pointed out, things that I remembered, I agree, those were neat. Maybe it's just coming on the heels of Mummy. That too, could be too similar of stories. No, it wasn't similar at all. Well, tone. I don't think it was even the same I tone. I, th- I thought it was similar tone wise. Mm. I felt. I don't know. I felt. I like, guess something you can't see that you can't fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Like I do like the and I like uh, the I like I the eleventh hour. <laughs> roof moment that the that doctor finally really nice got, and that was neat. And I, I fist pumped when the TARDIS popped out yeah. of seat oh, and yeah. flew down yeah. the hallway, and then came, came back. back. And it was like, yes, the there came it is. Running out and it even it. got that cool little whoop with the shields <laughs> being extended. And, I liked that. That was good. You know, that was all cool. It was. It was just. A, it was a nice little exclamation point at the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the bit there. And then he gave a great speech, and we got that. And the, I, Clara being on the phone with Danny was quite comical too. When she's in trouble, it's like, "Are you okay? Do I need to come there?" No, no, we're we're all right. Wow, and <laughs> and I thought, "Gosh, you're getting really good at lying, Clara." <laughs> yeah, because it, not only are you being having to lie to be the doctor, now you're lying to Danny. But you just lied it to at the end of the last. And week. it wasn't even remotely like, "No, everything's fine," because it. <laughs> We'll go back to the objectification here. It sounded sexual on the phone when he's like, oh, yeah, they're moaning and screaming yeah. in the background. He's like, no, and out of breath, everything's okay. And there's crashing noises going on. It's like, this doesn't sound like a danger thing to me. This sounds like a sex thing to me. No. <laughs> there's something else going on. We're all fine here. We're fine. Thanks. But, you How know, you? Danny, Danny's above such concerns. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I just. I, I, I thought it was a strong sci-fi premise that really worked well as a Doctor Who episode, and I liked the fact that we got a, a fun adventure story that still worked as a Doctor Who story that still continued on with this character development that we've been getting throughout the season, and I love the role reversal that we've had in, in these things. That it, it just all came together you for know, me. We I both really got it fun, and I, don't, I think I hesitate to call it fun because there were so many deaths in this one, prior story and during story. So to me, that's not fun. But that's but, but it was more of a, a romp. romp. <laughs> We're gonna go there again. It's a romp. <laughs> For lack of a better definition, it's a romp. Horror Fang Rock to me is a fun story, even though everybody dies. <laughs> well, it's because and in in this is a similar in this situation. So it goes to the defense. It's because the doctor and the companion seem to be enjoying themselves. They should be. They <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be, but they. But they are. They are. Yeah. So. And 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 even the. But I don't think we're. Uh, we, we, we got we got a, a wonderful group of supporting characters, 
except for the ones that were going to get bumped off. They didn't really have much to See, do. See, I, I disagree there. I, I, I like the, the only compelling character, supporting characters were uh, Riggsy. Riggsy. And the cantankerous old man that the psychic paper didn't even work on. That was the only characterization we got. The, the, the subway oh, driver. No. The subway, subway driver, driver was he came, wonderful. He came way too late. He came something. way too late. Well, I that agree with that. that. He, was he, he, line. He, he was so wonderful. He, he could have come earlier. The, but. That was the problem. He came too late, so there was no character development. We bumped off everybody else that was on that team, although they weren't going anywhere. I mean, there was their um, characterizations weren't going anywhere. So. I, no, there wasn't a lot of no, good characterization. There was the, the, the two. The, 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 the police constable, I thought, was good. And then I, I that conversation was, on the phone. She was a fine actress. Nice. She just there was no, no characterization. You're talking about characterization. She, when she's it having that good. conversation with the higher ups about, well, maybe it's because we're not doing something. It's like this person cares about her job, and she's awesome, which means she's going to die here yeah. in about four <laughs> seconds. And then she did, and I felt the characterization. In my five comes in. I think I'd be on the phone trying to. Verify it instead of saying, "Yeah, they're here." It's probably because we're not doing the right thing. <laughs> we, we don't know how big MI five is, <laughs> and 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 perhaps the person on the other side of the line was verifying it. She just bit it too soon. What do you mean MI five is there? <laughs> we're getting reports that MI five is on scene. I've already called their office, and but um, I, I the subway. I loved the subway driver. The, the, you know. I've always wanted to ram something. <laughs> oh, it's a great line. <laughs> but that's, that's that's all he gets to do. That's, that's it. That's but that, all he gets but to do. Thing, no, but think about it. As a subway driver, what do you do? I just go A to B, day, yeah. B to A, back and forth. You don't all have to defend it. Was a great line. And it just was. That was his character. That yeah, was, that was his but, character. But at yeah, the that's, end, that's the at, no. But at the end, after everything's all said and done, I like the fact that he was the one that got down and kissed the ground, and even <laughs> the doctor kind of looked at him like. Okay. Well, then he hugged Clara. And then hugged Clara, forgetting about it, looked at the doctor like, I'm not sure about you, and turned around <laughs> and walked off. That's, yes. Are they all companions now they traveled in the TARDIS? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a whole other argument. I liked that we kind of get a little, maybe the wrong people died in dealing with Mr. Cantankerous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he still had. He was supposed to words you as and he walked away. No, and it's it, it was one of those that as soon as they set this guy up, I had that moment of I'm looking forward to your death, sir. <laughs> Actually, when they set this will, guy up, I said this is going to be the only guy that lives. I will be very pleased, and you'll you'll hang in there far longer than I want you to. But eventually, you're going to get sucked into a 2D painting, and I'm going to be happy about it. And then he made it. <laughs> I think I, that's good storytelling. Thank you very much that's for making my point for me, Glenn. That, that one, well, his characterization I thought was well done. I just, I don't think you can attribute characterization to the story because there was only two. I mean, that's that's two more than we get every week, so I guess. I thought I, I liked Riggsy. I like everybody. Riggsy was good. Riggsy was good. I liked Riggsy a lot. I like, yeah, I don't know. Riggsy was Courtney on a different plane. Yeah. It was neat. Um, I had to look up Jamie Matheson just to, out of curiosity. Um, he has, uh, prior to his Doctor Who episodes, written um, three episodes of the English being human hmm. and four episodes of the American being human. Or do I have that backwards? Becoming human. I guess is what it is. So he did four episodes know, of becoming. being human and three episodes of becoming human. And he did an episode of Dirk Gently. Oh. So it's like that. Oh, the, the, the weakest. Well, admittedly, but. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's like that suddenly. It's, 
yeah. explains that a little a bit to why I you know, maybe gravitate towards these episodes more than, than, than some of the others. I'm trying to think if there was anything else really that I really that wanted to talk I, about on this one. This season, I can't point to a stinker so far. Knock on wood. I, I really can't. They're all such so well done and such good stories in general. No, I don't think I don't think there's any stinkers either. No, no, I, I can say that. Maybe into the Dalek, but not as a stinker. Just as the maybe compared it's the, to everything else, maybe it's, it's the, the weakest episode of the season. Well, I, it's, as it's much as I enjoyed to have Time Heist, kind of, I think that's kind of down there too. It was a fun story, but compared to everything else, we've compared done, to the storytelling, maybe, yeah. yeah. I think that speaks volumes for for what we've been getting storytelling wise, mm-hmm. and the the arrival of Missy at the end, um, without a reception area moment and confirming a death. Just the fact that she's there and she's not talking about the doctor in this one; that she's being now, all about Clara oh. and I chose well. Really has me intrigued for where we are now, ramping up for the end of this business. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out. And I think Gwen's theory might not actually be right based on that. I think it still plays into it. I think there's still elements it, it of it. It could go that either are, way. It's still at this but point. I, I, you guys can talk about it because the, fan, the uh, listeners don't know my theory. That's right. <laughs> so I think Glenn, Glenn presented a theory, and I, I, think he, I, think he, I think he's on. I think... Last week, I totally thought he was right. This week, I'm not sure. But I think he's probably 90% right. But I think it will take a different form than what you, you pitched last week. So, But we'll find out, in, find out in a month. Hard to think. Only three episodes left. I know. I had a real case of downer syndrome. <laughs> when, when this starts, it's like, oh, this is episode nine. Aw. <laughs> that means there's only three more to go. Almost done. Well, we can review the comic. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have Christmas to look forward to. What do you got coming up on the schedule, Shane? On the schedule this week for Friday Night Who. Once again, you're welcome to join us. Uh, Matt Smith is this week with The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe, which has trees in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's as much as we can do. <clears throat> which is why we you chose You haven't seen the preview for next week. I can't bonus. think of a story we can think of. <laughs> Which is why we chose it for our Friday so that we could pair it up with next week's episode, In the Forest of the Night, uh, which I'm really intrigued based on the, 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 the preview premise. I don't know how I... I was like, okay. <laughs> I got nothing going into this one. Just lay it on me. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see where you go with it. I'm also curious if Courtney will make a return appearance since it looks like most of the class is there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't see her like in the preview. so They seem much younger than Courtney. Yeah, it might, be a, it might be a different class. Um, and then uh, Friday Night Who on Halloween. Uh, unfortunately, not much of a Halloween tie-in this time around, but we'll be doing uh, The Invasion with Patrick Troughton, at least the first four parts of it. Uh, and uh, then we'll be discussing uh, Dark Water for uh, our episode 201. And we'll finish up The Invasion on November 7th and then review Death in Heaven. And uh, probably talk a little bit of this, the season as a whole now that we'll finally have all of the pieces in place, or presumably all of the pieces in place to end the story arc and 
all that kind of stuff. So, and next week, of course, is the big anniversary. Two hundred episodes of Traveling the Vortex and our ramblings. Two hundred. Two hundred. Oh man, I had a whole bunch of stuff planned for three hundred. That we were on three hundred. <laughs> I guess I'll wait another hundred episodes. Gonna have to. <laughs> it feels like it's on the Ah, three years have flown by. Hard to um, believe it's been three years. Once episodes. again, thank you to everybody who who listens to us and uh, supports us. And we'd uh, be remiss not to mention that Caroline is a new supporter. And thank you, Caroline, thank you, Caroline for so much. Your prize package is nearly on the way. <laughs> uh, and if you'd like to support us, you too can uh, catch up with the many listeners that are supporting us at this point. Uh, and click on our Patreon page, which there is a link on our website, travelingthevortex.com. Just click on the big orange P. That'll take you there, and we'll walk you through the process of either pledging or supporting uh, by subscription. Um Again, it, it, it goes a long way to help this podcast survive. So hopefully this will adjust on to 200 more episodes. Speaking um, of that, uh, there is uh, some server um, work that is going to be done this week. Wednesday and Thursday. Hopefully you should not notice should, any interruption should not at all. notice any interruption. But um, if you have an email to send, maybe hold off. Until yep. and later. if you're if you're uh, if you don't get the podcast downloaded Monday or Tuesday, and you find yourself having some trouble on Wednesday or Thursday, just hang in there. It'll 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 get there because, uh, like we said, it, you shouldn't see any downtime. But with server moves, there are some phantom issues that happen uh, on occasion. And we of course will post all this on uh, Twitter and Facebook, and, and everybody else kind of let you know that it's moving day and yeah. and whatnot. But. Um, um, the other thing I want to mention is that uh, if you go to our Spreadshirt sh- uh, store now, uh, a link also on TravelingTheVortex.com, it's the big TARDIS with Traveling the Vortex through the middle of it. That's the button for our Spreadshirt page if you haven't uh, figured that out yet. Um, click on that. Go to our Spreadshirt page. If you haven't been there already, we have new merchandise. Yay. New design up. Um, which I-, I promised last week that we'd be getting something new on there, and we... The three of us at least thought this was kind of clever. <laughs> so, we like it. Uh, As with so many things you, that we do if, around here, as long as like, the three of us like it and think it's fun. If you like fun. our running joke of the space buffalo, which thank you, Phil, for bringing that up again this week, um, we have a new design that you might be pleased with. So be sure and go check that out. Um, obviously, for you got Christmas coming up. If you want to buy any gifts, uh, you can buy from there. Or you can click on our Amazon store, which we also get uh, pieces of the proceeds go to this show uh, for that as well. So if you can buy from Amazon, you're, we've got something up there that you're interested in. Please purchase it through us so that we get a little tiny piece of that. And, of course, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and all those other good places as well. You You have forever... This this is it. I'm glad you're pleased. The space buffalo has never been more vividly real in my imagination <laughs> than it is now that I've seen him I on like, a T-shirt. I like how he's kind of joyfully hopping along. He just, <laughs> that, that, that pretty that pretty much sums up everything about that audio story. <laughs> this this is why. <laughs> oh. And we're working on some more designs as well. Um, 
Keith has one that we have we're going to integrate soon, and I'm working <laughs> on another. Reach so. far back. Oh, it'll reach far back in our history. In fact, I think the next two, uh, the, this design that just we posted this week, and the next two, harken back to some uh, ongoing uh, things. Keith's even further back than anything. <laughs> way, way, way back. Like, was that even before fifty? Or at least before a hundred, I think. It yeah. was certainly in the first hundred episodes. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're right. Even, even it might have been before first 50. fifty. Yeah. I'd have to go back and check the uh, the Epiversary uh, achievement page to find out <laughs> for sure when that one when no that one was issued. No spoilers. But, um. Yeah. So go buy a T-shirt. That's right. <laughs> all right. Oh uh, well. If that's all we've got, if that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. I got a rock. I was waiting for a fireball. No, it's saying hello. Oh, we don't know how they say goodbye. He doesn't wave goodbye. He doesn't wave goodbye. I don't wave goodbye. I say goodbye. No, I don't. (laughs) Good night, everybody. I say be seen. You got the touch. You got the power. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.